We had a drone strike in America. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, November 11th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 460. This is No Agenda. Striking yet another entry from the Red Book here in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we seem to get everything right, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Lodick and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, I think I'm getting laid tonight because of this. Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you, it is big news. I want to, I might as go right off the top with it. Alabama finally lost. I know. Two, two. Texas A&M, the Aggies. That's right, the Aggies. That's right. Tejas all the way, baby. And that's the big news for the week. That's right. Glad we checked in. And uh, thank you for joining our Sunday service here at uh, the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. My children, it's a Sunday morning service. Tell us it's a No Agenda. We're going to get some out of Curry. We're going to get a little John. Lord help us out. That's right. Lord help us out. Now, of course, I refer to uh, our Red Book prediction that... uh, General, well, I guess former General Petraeus, uh, who was no longer in the military, but was uh, director of the CIA, that he would be out. How long ago did we predict this, uh, John? Just recently, I think. Uh, I think well, I can almost find it in here. I think. Hold on. <laughs> What's the point of the red book if you can't actually find the entries? Just too. It's just. It's actually a lot of information in this red book. Oh, okay. All right. It looks as if. I think it was three weeks ago, maybe. Oh. Uh... <laughs> I'm flipping through it. <laughs> what we have so much in there, huh? October 25th, maybe. Get the Wesley Clark thing again. No. It's been a couple of. We did it a couple of times. Yeah. For various reasons, that were pretty. You know, a lot of it had to do this Benghazi bull crap. Uh, well, you but, think this uh, didn't? Do you think this had nothing to do with Benghazi? Is that what you're saying? No, I said the reason for our predictions. Oh, okay. All right. So. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. So they brought in. They- <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious what's going on here. But maybe we should just discuss this, since uh, um, it, it, it seems to me. Maybe I'm just not understanding it properly. But it seems to me that the mainstream media actually believes that this is because he cheated on his wife, <laughs> who who looks like yeah, Roosevelt. That's a good the- one. <laughs> she looks like Roosevelt. I might add. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a problem with his wife, but <laughs> you know, I think you know, in some funny way, it was kind of given away. And the, you know, John Stewart interviewed the woman Broadwell, yeah. who wrote the book yep. on Patricia. I, I'm sorry, it's a it's a this is the best example of a hagiography. Hey yes, this is a we call that a hagiob hey in, uh, in. So she, Texas. she gave him a hagiob. Hey <laughs> And hagiology, uh, hand job. Yeah, exactly. I, I have this one clip, and I think this kind of tells it all. Perfect John Stewart Broadwell moment. Okay. Exciting. The book is called All In. Now, so the last time uh, I recall a journalist or an author with uh, embedded with uh, a person at this level, it was with McChrystal, and it was Rolling Stone, and, uh, and he got fired. How did they let you, how did Petraeus allow that did he know you were there were you like hiding did he allow this i was an insurgent no yeah. um i uh yeah i it's funny because i pulled the exact same clip uh, <laughs> how could you miss it yeah actually i I, uh, I let it go on a little bit longer 
Well, uh, you can play the rest. I was going to do that. There's some other stuff in there that's interesting, but I just thought it was just the I'm I was an insurgent. Well, this and is of what, course. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say what's interesting is uh, so first of all, if you really look at video of this woman uh, who is a, in counterintelligence, sure she was a reservist, but it, no one's really talking about the fact that she was in counterintelligence. And counterintelligence uh, are pretty much the scumbag of the earth. And if you look at her, and, and CIA will tell you this, by the way, and if you look at this woman, she is a she is insane. She she is <laughs> she's a megalomaniac, insane woman. And I believe she screwed John Stewart too, by the way. And I think he's completely compromised because this is the kind of woman that that certain men and I and Petraeus. I mean, he, she may not even have had sex with him. But John Stewart, I can see that she she might have intimidated him. She might have sat on top of his head. Well, she's definitely, uh, you know, she there's a couple of clips that I have, including the one that mentions. In fact, here's the here's the one I thought was cool, because there's a casual mention of some of the stuff she's done. And, and this is on ABC. This is the Broadwell ABC casual mention of her being in black ops. Mm-hmm. And 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 the way they do it is that she went to high school and then she she was on the soccer team and she was in black ops and then she went. You know, it's like what? Paula Broadwell, lifelong overachiever since high school in North Dakota, where she was valedictorian and homecoming queen, went on to receive honors for academics and leadership at West Point, and was ranked number one overall in fitness in her class. She spent some time in the black ops, got a degree from Harvard, (laughs) and later became biographer to David Petraeus. It's like, you know, she was a Nazi sympathizer, she she ate babies, and then she uh, went on to uh, be biographer. But let me let me play the clip where Jon Stewart is, uh, and you have to see this video. It's in the show notes, of course, at 460.nashownotes.com. You have to see how she is orchestrating this event, and she's pushing Jon Stewart around, literally. At the center of a national and international scandal. Dilworth author Paula Broadwell, seen here in pink, reportedly had an affair with... <laughs> seen here in pink, that's part of the clue. ...the CIA director, David Petraeus, which prompted his resignation Friday. We found this video of Broadwell in our archives, hosting a Memorial Day barbecue in Myers Park for Daily Show host. You see there, John Stewart, who was in town at the time for the DNC. She appeared on Stewart's show months earlier to talk about the biography she wrote about Petraeus. Now let's go to... So I think, I think this is the kind of woman, and if you really... If you if you watch that entire John Stewart interview, that was in January of this year. Um, and if you take a look at some of the other videos that we have in the show notes, you will see that she is insane, and that she is. <laughs> She's insane. Now, do you agree with me? Right? You've seen this. I mean, you I'm not, no, I don't actually. I, I don't agree. You lo- oh come on! You look at this woman, and you're like, oh okay, and but she. You know, she's just the kind of woman that you know, they they want. They they're around, you know, and they're irresistible. You know, even for a guy like Petraeus, you know, she's she's a triathlete. She's got high security clearance. Right. She she's, runs six miles with him. Yeah, she's smoking hot. And then, you know, of course, you know, the guy's been Petraeus has been boning. Well, she's been boning him. This obvious. But that's no. I mean, I know the CIA. In the CIA, there's one thing they are. They will never do and would never, or at least would never admit to. And there's two things they will always do. And as part of the culture, the thing that the CIA does not do is drugs. There's no drugs. The agency is, whether it's true or not, they will always protect each other. None of man. There's no drugs. We don't do blow. We don't do, uh, we don't smoke weed. 
alcohol and and women? Yeah, that they're all over. So this is nothing new for the agency. This is this is normal business. Well, the one consideration. Well, why don't you play some of your clips, and I, I have another kind of an angle that needs to be discussed. Well, so um, I was looking for some kind of confirmation that this is uh, uh, that Petraeus is being blackmailed. He was being black, and they and they all black. And this, I don't think this is the blackmail, but he wanted to get out because he this whole Benghazi thing is coming apart at the seams. We've now had um, the Pentagon release the timeline, which does not. Uh, coincide with the White House timeline whatsoever. There's people literally saying we couldn't get to them quick enough. We didn't have enough airplanes. Really? We, you know, we, well, we've already debunked that a lot, right? But but this is this is still out here, right? This is this is still being well, said. Well, well, well you well, want to go in that direction? Well, let, let me finish because I got one clip I want to play. Okay. So I think that Petraeus was sick and tired of covering up. And, of course, you know, he has a lot to do with this, whether it was weapons that were being uh, smuggled off to Syria uh, as, as, and it coincided with the hostage situation that, uh, that we have already looked at. I think at the end of the day, four out of five dentists will agree he was sick and tired of covering up. He didn't want to have to go to the new secret closed-door hearing on the Hill, which is coming up this week, and he wanted to get out. He didn't give a crap how, and he was just like, oh, all right, whatever, I'm, uh, uh, this is my excuse. And I got some form of confirmation from, of all places, the Larry Kudlow show on CNBC. He has some crazy, I don't know who this guy is. He's like, he's some, I think he's... <laughs> Kudlow, yeah. Well, Kudlow is, I think, a... Uh... I uh, I think he was actually arrested for insider trading or something. He's actually a fairly famous, <laughs> right. fairly famous. Well, so the guy would know. It takes one to know one, and he gets some other guy on who has a bow tie and a very effeminate type guy. It's like I have sources. I'm like, it sounds it sounds legit. I bet. And listen to this timing of this. I am told by several sources it was not. Beauty killed the beast, Larry. It was. <laughs> Wait a My head whips around, by the way, when I hear it was not beauty killed the beast, Larry. I'm like, OK, this guy's in. He knows. Benghazi. Mr. Petraeus misled, I'm told, misled an important committee on the Hill. And he did not want to return to that committee as director of the Central Intelligence. So you're saying that the extramarital affair is not the reason. It's the reason he cited. Uh -huh. But you're saying, in fact, that's not the case? Because, as you know, there's a whole history of these things in spy circles and secret services and blackmail and all the rest of it. You're saying that ain't what happened. I'm surprised at the timing, and the timing tells us a deal. I'm told, Larry, this is my best information, that Mr. Petraeus has been under pressure from the White House to maintain the narrative which continues to deteriorate about Benghazi, especially that line about the hateful video. Mr. Petraeus knew that there was something that could be played against him if he did not go along, I'm told. And therefore, Friday afternoon, he walks out, he cites an affair that everyone in Washington shrugs at. And that tells me, Larry, that Petraeus has gotten out of the line of fire and his assistant, Mike Morrell, will now have to maintain the White House's narrative or comply with the committee's demands to get the facts. So, you're so, so before we get to what, what, what you want to uh, bring up here, John, just let me run through a couple of things that we have uh, touched on. I've just made a little summation of some of the facts. Um, so we, first of all, we have... a. a a war in general on the military 
from uh, the Obama White House. We have um, uh, General, uh, well, Rear Admiral uh, Gout, uh, who was uh, taken down. Uh, Carter Ham, Brigadier General uh, Sinclair, Navy Commander Joseph Darlak. The same time we have the new CEO of Lockheed resigning also over an inappropriate affair. And these, these things I don't think are disconnected. Then we have indeed the new guy or the replacement guy, Mike Morrell, already announced he will be testifying uh, in the closed door sessions in Congress instead of Petraeus. So there's a couple of things that all point towards a huge, massive cover up. And luckily, luckily, we have CNN to focus on the guy's penis. It's just amazing how our news media works. Do a search on uh, this is not where I'm headed, by the way. But while you're while you're looking at weird stuff, you have to do a search on Petraeus Paperclip. You mean Operation Paperclip? Yeah. Well, Operation Paperclip is very famous. Well, that's the search. Marine links Petraeus to sisters. That's the top hit. Hold on, to sisters pedophile paperclip. What is this? <laughs> is this what you're looking for? There's a whole bunch of these things. Oh, my goodness. Well, what was Operation Paperclip? Wasn't Operation Paperclip where they brought in uh, Nazis after the Second World War to come and work for the for the states? No, this is something else. This is some 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 sort of pedophile ring. And oh, if no. you put oh, in goodness. Valerie Jarrett's name into the search, it gets even more interesting. Oh, you, oh hold on a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. Yeah, this is right up your alley. I'm surprised you didn't stumble on this one. How come you how come you're only telling me this now? <laughs> because I I for one thing I don't think it's the mainstream of inquiry that we're having, but I just think but I think as an oh aside, my, I thought oh I'd my blow goodness. your mind. No, no, sufficiently blown. Hello. <laughs> Marine links Petraeus to sister let me see. to sister's pedophile paperclip entrapment with Jarrett. United States Marine. Let me just read this for a second. This is crazy. <laughs> Who gave you this? Buzzkill Junior. Nope. Who no, gave I you this? I got this one on my own by doing some really wild searches. Whoa! Uh, United States Marine Field McConnell was linked today to today's announcement of the resignation of CIA Director Petraeus to the Able Danger Research. I know about that, which has exposed his sister Christine Marcy's apparent deployment of Femcom Four C Four agents in the DOJ Pride. Pedophile paperclip entrapment service and Valerie Jarrett's use of same-sex pedophile pimps in the White House Council of Women and Girls. Hello, hello, everybody. This is the this is Obama Nation for you. I love it. Ah, John, you this actually crashed my browser. My br- I have to restart Chrome after trying to get to this page. What is it? Does it have all kinds of advertisements for guns and water filtration systems? <laughs> It's pretty, pretty off the wall. Oh my goodness! Wow. And I was gonna, well, I was gonna blow your mind with my CIA time travel uh, theory, but I, I, I'm gonna hold <laughs> no, back I, on that one. Okay, no, yeah. so, so I will look at that while you take us down a different path. Okay, let me get back to where I was. Unfortunately, I had to go find this again. A uh, couple of things. One, one, I came across. You know, one of the guys you all, that shows up always shows up as our buddy. <laughs> And you're, you 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 recognize him by his voice. He's that that guy that was once in the CIA and ran the uh, Bin Laden. Oh, oh wait, the the guy with the beard and uh, what's his Shoyer. name? Sawyer. Yeah, that's his name, right? 
Do you have a clip? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, here it is. I see. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, play Mike, this clip. And Michael it, it Shoyer. It kind of gives you, I believe, Shoyer, who still thinks he works for the agency. Uh, and maybe he still does. The campaigns in Iraq and Afghanistan and praised his outstanding service. For more on this departure, I'm joined now by former CIA officer Michael Scher. Michael, just how much of a shock was this? Oh, I think it was pretty much a surprise. The General Petraeus, as far as I know from people who still work there, was uh, very well thought of at the agency, uh, was a uh, certainly a defender of the agency. And uh, several weeks ago, he made it very clear after the attack in Benghazi that no one at the agency prevented the uh, um, assistance going to the men who were under attack in Benghazi and Libya, which I think was as close as he could come to saying that it was the White House that stopped the help coming going to those people who eventually died. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, because his resignation comes just ahead of hearings on Benghazi. So it's very politically sensitive, isn't it, the timing? It's a very peculiar thing, yes, ma'am, that uh, he was scheduled to, to testify, I believe, under oath next Thursday with other people from the intelligence community about exactly uh, why no assistance was sent to those people, even though we kind of watched and listened to the attack on them for almost seven hours. Now, how pivotal a figure was General Petraeus in President Obama's administration? Well, I think he was an important figure, not only in the administration, but for the country and for our allies, because he and his predecessor, Mr. Panetta, were not willing to toe the Obama administration's line about the danger from, or the lack of danger, according to the president and his advisors, from militant Islam. Uh, killing Osama bin Laden was a great thing to have done, but if you look at the map, the threat is much broader, much deeper, much more geographically dispersed. And the president President plays it down consistently. Mr. Or General Petraeus and Mr. Panetta would not do that. So I think the real danger now lies in uh, the president will probably try to find a yes man uh, to send over to the agency so he has one less thing to worry about as he promotes the narrative of increasingly peaceful relations with the Muslim world. So who are the contenders, do you think, for that job? Well, the ideal contender for the president's, from the president's viewpoint is his terrorism czar, John Brennan, who has uh, followed in lockstep with the deceit uh, Mr. Obama has foisted on the American <laughs> people about the threat from, from the Islamic militants, and really spectacularly misled Americans early in the first administration when he said the word jihad has nothing to do with military affairs. It has to do with self-reform and community improvement, which was a blatant lie and is a blatant lie. So I, I think he would be the perfect person for Obama. But when he was at the agency, he was singularly disliked as an individual. And let's not uh, overlook the fact that there is this ongoing intelligence war where, of course, the FBI is now implicated in blowing this wide open because they were snooping on the director of the CIA's email. And these things, this is not light. This is big, big, big stuff. Yeah, there's a, uh, the, the whole thing reeks of spy versus spy. Yeah. With different uh, intelligence agencies trying to get the goods on somebody or they're checking in on, or one or that White House even, who knows, is checking in on Petraeus to see what he's up to because this testimony was coming up. Uh, if you re I went to a bunch of the uh, uh, very interesting uh, lie detector uh, forums uh, that seem to be centered on discussing what, they, what the CIA asks. 
And there was a long discussion that there's no way that Petraeus didn't have this affair when he got the job and then the CIA would have known about it. But because there is no uh, zero uh, rules against having extramarital affairs, according to the the forums, they uh, would just they just wouldn't care. And but it was a known fact that apparently once uh, Obama got a hold of it, supposedly it it was a card they could pull at any time to get him out of the loop and out of the office so they can uh, don't have to worry about him testifying. But I think the more interesting character that needs to be looked at is Vernon Loeb. Was completely ignored in the in the all the stories. Nobody's mentioned him. Who is uh, talk about Vernon Loeb? Vernon Loeb is the real author of the Petraeus Hagiography. Right, he's the uh, he's he's listed as it's what does it say? It says Paula Paula Broadwell with Vernon Loeb underneath. Right, that's that's how these things are. She, so she, what was she doing? Was she just distracting him while he was writing it? How does that work in in author world? Well. It's kind of weird because it seems as if Vernon Loeb could do a book like this himself, but I guess he didn't have access. Now, Vernon Loeb, and we've talked about the Washington Post a lot over the years. They they have a number of CIA plants, including yeah. the biggest one of all, uh, which is very well discussed in the book, in the book about the Bushes. Yeah, the uh, Family of Secrets. Family of Secrets, uh, and it's it's well documented that Woodward is a you know came from Navy intelligence, I believe, and they worked him into this position of, of taking down Nixon and then becoming the go to guy for writing any piece of propaganda that you want. So anyway, the Vernon Loeb looks like a similar character, and when you see him, actually, he's uh, he, he he looks like a mix between a spook and a and an editor because he's got that kind of crazy editor look. He was wrote a, a column in the right before the um, Iraqi War uh, called Intelligen CIA, Intelligen CIA, get it? Right. And that column was in and out of the paper, uh, and he's a columnist that somehow. Moved up from co- and I don't know that this has ever happened before, but nobody takes a columnist and makes him the metro editor, which is what he is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's usually as associate editors. Editors go up their own; they have a track, and the writers have a track. Generally speaking, a columnist would not become an editor. It's usually the other way around. Editors always want to become columnists, but anyway, so he's the metro editor. And he was, I don't know, you know, if you're the metro editor of a major metropolitan daily, let's say, like the Washington Post, a major magazine, a major newspaper, you don't have time to write a book on the side. Somebody else has right. to write it for you. Right. So uh, so I think there's another writer involved, like probably the agency itself or whatever. Whatever the case was, he seemed to be the handler or he had something to do with keeping an oh, eye on her or protecting right. her flank. I have no idea specifically. But he is somehow involved in the book and, and he's given most of the, if amongst writers, the with, uh, if it says with, as opposed to, there's three ways you can go as a, as a, um, as a writer in a, in a book that's, that you did most of the work on. One, you can be a pure ghost writer and that you had, it's very expensive. You have to pay extra money for that and you can right. disappear. Because, from because the someone, because someone has to be quiet, right? That to shut up about it. Yeah. You have yeah. to shut up you about it. Quiet, you, yeah. uh, you get a, you get a, a lot more money. Yeah. And then if you don't, or, get, or, or you, you get, or you get whacked. Well, <laughs> writing the hagiography isn't going to get anybody whacked. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, or you can have an and. You can say uh, right. You can have an and, and or with, or you can have with. with. Right, right, right. And with usually means that you're doing most of the work. The with person. 
Uh-huh. Uh, in other words, the with person's the writer and the other person's a front man that, that's going to go out on the road and sell the book. Whatever the case is, because he has this background, this kind of a CIA, uh, you know, he was promoting the Iraqi war in various ways. It was the stuff is if you go back and look at it, it's like, it's pretty sketchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he was the, he was either the watchdog or the handler or the, or the protector to keep the, uh, the, to you keep know, just Paula kind of the, guard, the guy yeah. outside the, the dorm room. Uh, do, door while uh-huh. you were, were with your girlfriend inside <laughs> shagging. Well, uh, so this is interesting because along these lines, a discussion came up on the McLaughlin group about Obama's book. And, I, and I'm just going to play it. This is kind of a non sequitur, but I'll just play the clip because we're talking about authors. Absolutely. Ten, tens of millions of people in this country have smoked marijuana sometime in their life, including our president. And I think, you know, and he came into office indicating he was going to, to, to uh, go easy on, on any kind of prosecutions of uh, medicinal marijuana. Unfortunately, that promise has been betrayed by the pro- federal prosecutors yeah. out there. I think now that it's his final term. And uh, I, think uh-huh. he, I think he owes that constituency something because he He's the kind of guy who can make an aggressive push toward decriminalization, uh, which has put well, more folks in jail, he, including black folks, did, than about anything else. Did he else. also try cocaine? Of course, yeah. yeah. That's mentioned in his, in his uh, novel that they tried a little blow. Did you hear that? Did you hear yeah. What did he say? So in his novel, is something about a used blow. Yeah. In his novel? Hello, it was a memoir, an autobiography at best. <laughs> memoir? He didn't in his re- novel. He did. He, he, he didn't write a novel, or did he? I think he did. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good catch. His novel. Yeah, you know. So I'm. I'm there is so much going on. And well, actually, the guy. I think that guy who I, I I can't name him because I can't remember his name, but I've heard him yak away before yeah. on that show. Yeah. I think he dislikes Obama so much that he used that word purposefully. Oh yeah, he's the black guy. Oh no, the black guy. Yeah. Oh that. Oh that's right. That's who that was. Do you think uh, he hates Obama? He might. I don't no, know. no, no. He loves Obama. I don't know why he said uh, that. Then now that you mention it, uh, Freudian slip. Disregard what I just said. <laughs> Freudian slip. No, but the, you know what? There is so much going on right now, and and it's coming out all so quickly, and it's just, and of course, you, know, you get really nothing from uh, from uh, from the television news or, or or newspapers or anything. That you almost, you can almost look at Occam's razor, John, and just say, it's obvious what's going on here. Here's a clip of, uh, of Valerie Jarrett. This is, uh, quite a, a telling little clip. Let me see if I can get this. Uh, this is, uh, something that was produced. I didn't, I didn't actually. Very excited about a second. Uh, crap. Hold on a second. I didn't actually, uh, produce this. I'm going to see if there's an audio clip of, uh, Jarrett saying, after we win this election, it's our turn. Uh, payback time. I Do we actually have her saying that? No, I'm looking for that. That's what I thought this was, but I was wrong. Um, I know, I know about that. Quote, you you but know I've about the quote? No, no. I thought I thought this was the one. Um, and who knows, man? Who knows what is, is? There's definitely a lot going on. Also, um, the homes of Nancy Pelosi and Dennis Kucinich were burgl- burglared. Oh, yeah. Twice? <laughs> Twice? This past weekend? Really? Uh-huh. I did that when I didn't know. Let me see. Uh, they stole, so at, uh, uh, at Pelosi's house, they stole three laptops, two camcorders, a camera, and a BlackBerry. Huge breach of intelligence, I'd say, right there. 
huge breach of intelligence if you got a laptop and you got a BlackBerry. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can get through all that. I'm sure it's password protected to no avail. Mm. Yeah, once you get a hold of somebody's BlackBerry or their laptop, you got lots of good stuff. All kinds of massive stuff. Did they take any jewelry? No, no, <laughs> no. And this Nancy is the- Pelosi's loaded. She's got to have six, a uh, lot of jewelry. And this is the the funniest one that I found. Let me see. Oh, oh, by the way, uh, we overlooked almost overlooked the Secret Service agent who committed uh, suicide, who suicided himself. This was uh, last week, last weekend. One of uh, President Obama's top Secret Service agents died in apparent suicide in his car, <laughs> of uh, uh, with the uh, with the with, with the engine running in the garage. No, oh, yeah, sure. Did he have a plastic bag t- over his head, tied to his neck? Prieto was found inside a car parked in a Northwest Washington D.C. apartment complex garage. Which doesn't sound to me like it's just a single garage, but okay, it could be. Dead of what authorities believe to be carbon monoxide poisoning. And it was, and, and again, you know, it's the same thing. It's because he had an affair with another woman. 40, uh, Prieto, 47, was married. Oh, I remember what this is. No, his wife is a, is a Hollywood executive. She's a big uh, movie exec. I think that she probably had something to do with uh, SEAL Team 6 or one of these other movies. You see, these things, this is, this is just not coincidence. Where we, where we yeah, get you know, the problem is it's such a weird and wild web. But there's so much of it. And there's misdirection everywhere. Right, right. That, but, I mean, for one thing, let's, let's get a couple of things straight. One, we probably won't get to the bottom of this right at all. Not today, not today. Not to, we might eventually, but the point is at least we're trying. Yeah. The mainstream media doesn't, do, doesn't look at any of this no, stuff no. and try to connect the dots. In fact, there's something very peculiar about how uh, they're about, avoiding it. You mean about? But here's what here's interesting. Here's I, I went to ABC to get the reports on the whole thing to see because I we know right. that they're the most compromised. So I have a clip of Andrea Mitchell, who is the who's the woman who's the hotshot correspondent married to yeah. what's his name, the old Fed Fed guy. She what is she married to Paulson? No, no, the Fed guy, the guy that was before Bernanke. Wasn't that Paulson? No, Hank, Hank Paulson, Paulson is never with the Fed. Oh, you mean um, uh, uh, Fed chairman? Who was it uh, before the Bernanke? Yeah, you know that guy, the big ugly guy. <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't either. This is pathetic. <sighs> here, here, let's just look up Andrea Mitchell, and you'll get her husband's name, and then yeah. you'll go, "Oh, yeah, that guy." Okay, uh, Andrea. Mitchell. Okay, she's married. He wrote the book. He's the one. I don't look, I don't know. Greenspan. Yeah. Yeah. Greenspan. That, yeah, green, green, Greenspan. Okay, now. Wait, she's married <laughs> she's to Greenspan? She's married to Greenspan? We've talked about this before. <laughs> she used to be hot. So, so uh so here's the deal. So so she's a reporter for ABC. Now she she does the report on Petraeus. She reads his note into in its entirety, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh-huh. And what I'd like to know is why she is visibly and you could hear it in her voice, upset. Mm-hmm. Why is mm-hmm. she upset? Oh. She's a reporter reading some guy's resignation. Is she was she blowing the guy or what? Mm. Uh, both in Iraq and Afghanistan. I do have to ask the question, however, 
given the timing of the CIA, the investigation into Is this the why is Andrea so upset? No, I'm sorry. That's part two, kills time. I'm sorry. That's uh, You didn't tell me which clip. I'm just getting whatever clip you... Well, mean. I said to you, I said... Well, letter of resignation from the Director of Central Intelligence has been submitted. Uh, this is dated November 9th. It says to the team at CIA headquarters, yesterday afternoon I went to the White House and asked the President to be allowed for personal reasons to resign from my position as Director of CIA. After being married for more than 37 years, I showed extremely poor judgment by engaging in an extramarital affair. Such behavior is unacceptable, both as a husband and as a leader of an organization such as ours. This afternoon, the President graciously accepted my resignation. As I depart Langley, I'm She's reading the letter continuing, Tamron. Yes, I want yes. you to know... She, her mouth is all sticky. <clears throat> ...that it has been the greatest of privileges to have served with you the officers of our nation's silent service, a workforce that is truly exceptional in every regard. Indeed, you did extraordinary work on a host of critical missions during my time as director, and I am deeply grateful to you for that. Teddy Roosevelt once observed that life's greatest gift is the opportunity to work hard at work worth doing. I will always treasure my opportunity to have done that with you, and I will always regret the circumstances that brought that work with you to an end. Thank you for your extraordinary service to our country. Best wishes for continued success in the important endeavors that lie ahead for our country and our agency. With admiration and appreciation, David H. Petraeus. Um, as you can see, this is, by any account, a shocking... Um, no, no, I'm going to disagree with you. We'll f I want to finish the rest of the clip, but she broke the news, John. She was given the exclusive to break it. This is her acting. This is just her, like, you know, because it, she can't just break the news. It has to be like, this is so, so huge. I am just filled with emotions about I'm filled with emotion. I don't think it's anything else than that. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's not a possibility. But it seems to me to be extremely lame to well, be to do that. Uh, well, yeah, but, I'll, yeah, I'll give it some thought. But she, she, I'm, she I'm broke thinking it. that she, she and and the old and the uh, her <clears throat> husband, they had a threesome on, with Petraeus on the hit list. Yeah. I, I, I'm putting in the red book that one of the two of them are going to be gone Ooh. before the end of two years. Ooh, let me let me listen to the rest of the clip. Yes, this is a four-star retired general. He's been the director of the CIA since April of 2011. Uh, most likely he would be succeeded by the veteran career CIA deputy director, Michael Morrell, who is widely admired. We should point out that his wife, Holly Petraeus, worked in the consumer works, in the consumer advocacy uh, agency mm -hmm. for the administration, had been the deputy, one of the, uh, one of the deputies under Elizabeth Warren. I think she's just thinking, oh man, you know, another, uh, another woman who really looked cute in high school, by the way, if you look at Holly Petraeus when she was at West Point, um, yeah, she's a cute little she's cheerleader. Cute. Type she's a cute little cheerleader, and then she grew up to be, you know, not so cute anymore. And I think Andrea Mitchell's just like, damn, that was, you know, that's kind of like my story. You know, I used to be really cute, and now I'm kind of, you know, doggy. <clears throat> And uh, my husband's probably cheating on me. Well, whatever the case is, the uh, there's <laughs> with the, some this Ayn, is a... Ayn Rand uh, groupie. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to back up a little bit on our discussion where we talked about the FBI. Uh, yeah. Did you notice the discrepant number of stories about what they were up to? 
Yes. I heard I yes. heard they were looking at the email exchange between Petraeus and Broadwell, mm-hmm. or they were looking at Broadwell trying to hack Petraeus's email. Yeah, which makes that. no sense, by no, the way. No, uh, and or the third one was she was a she was a, a, uh, insane, bullying. insane. Yes, insane. She was bullying some wo- some other woman that was horning in on her action. <laughs> Now, which of the three was it? Well, I do know that there was a big powwow, a big FBI powwow in Virginia uh, this past week. So I have a feeling that they're that they're uh, circling the, the troops. That there's a there is the intelligence war is gathering steam. Well, I'd like to. I think our goal on this show, and I would like to. By the way, maybe we should thank before we continue with this. Thank some executive producers. Okay. But I think that the uh, our goal is to figure out what specifically what agencies are going after each other and why. We know CIA is one of the targets. Well, I think I think so. There's three things going on here. <clears throat> one is, uh, 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 well, actually, four things. So we have uh, the Pentagon. So we have the military, right, and, and the DIA. Well, so part part of what's going on is. Um, is the uh, is the military budget? You know, there's a, there's a lot of you know because we're talking about what's the what's the word they keep using the uh, sequester. You mean the budget that they the sequest- can't even audit? We don't even know what they're well, up to. Well, thank you. I mean, so we have the sequester, uh, which Coming is se- up. sequestration, and that is a part right. of the budget that has you know. I think in 2013 is when we have to announce that we'll be ready for the 2017 uh, presentation of the counting of the numbers. So there is a deadline coming up in 2013. So there is, there's definitely something going on with the military-industrial complex. It's linked, and it's linked to gun sales, uh, arms sales in general. Um, it's linked to the because you know these the the arms that that are, are being shipped into Syria, the uh, the weapons that are in Libya, they don't just magically appear. You know they're made. They're made by companies. A lot of them are American companies. We're really good at making crap that blows people up, and. Uh, as a, so, let me, so as as a part of that, the day after the president was elected, reelected, the United States said to the United Nations, uh, "We're all good on that uh, on that gun treaty. We're good to go on it." Just as a side note, that that wasn't reported anywhere, of course. You know the the small arms treaty. Yeah, no, but I was reported in a few obscure places. Oh, please, it wasn't very, reported by the mainstream. Very, media, very, very, no, very obscure. So we have that. Then we have the CIA, and we know that the CIA is running the drone program. That's the, that is, they're running all the drones. This is the big thing. And they were watching what was going on in Benghazi with one of their own drones, so they knew what was up. They knew what was happening, and whether the CIA was involved in the pseudo-kidnapping that went wrong or not, that, that remains to be seen. The FBI, these guys are so horny to be recognized that they have a schedule. Every two months, they have some patsy that they say, oh, we got another terrorist. Yeah, we're doing, the, we're doing the Lord's work, got another terrorist. They literally just have a schedule. It's time again. You can set your clock by it. We just had, you know, we had a guy, what, two weeks ago? We'll get another guy in, uh, in probably about five weeks. You'll have another guy. They set up for weeks, for months, whatever, some idiot. And he's like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll dial the number. Oh, it didn't explode. You're arrested. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. So it's all warring factions. And from what I understand from producers who listen to the show, that in the Virginia, Washington area, 
it is so out of control that all of these people, particularly in intelligence, do not give a crap about anything but enhancing their career, making more money, and with all that power comes drugs, hookers, and that's why if you look at the fourth the fourth scenario, and this is what I'll come back with on Thursday, I'm thinking the whole operation paperclip able danger pedophilia ring is the way to go. <laughs> I you know what? I think they're all compromised, they're all being blackmailed, they all have the goods on each other, and it's all crazy <laughs> crap where the, you know, you know, it's like some cute you know, it's like oh it's some cute girl and then you you know, you're drunk and whatever and you're partying and you're with all your buddies from the CIA and you take this girl up to your or boy or whatever up to your room, turns out he was thirteen, looked nineteen. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's photos. going on. Well, by the way, while you were ranting about the FBI, let's make re-mention something we talked about a few episodes ago, which is the, is the ludicrous fact that the FBI is not only trying, they're trying to horn their way into all sorts of things, including the investigation of Benghazi, yeah. as you recall. Yeah. They went over there to, to help figure out what happened, and they were afraid to go in. Exactly. And, and it had to be a CNN reporter who <laughs> casually walked in and found a bunch of stuff and took it out. Hey, what's this notebook? <laughs> It's a notebook. Hmm. We can't go in there. We're going to get killed. <laughs> well, of course, that's what we hear, that they that they didn't want to go in because they want to get killed. But you're right. I mean, FBI, since when is it their job to be, you know, over in Benghazi as a part of the accountability review board? It's, it, it's. Uh, the whole thing is a mess. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid to call Uncle Don. I, 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 I I'm afraid. Yeah, just do it. No. Well, no. You know what you could do? What? You could just walk down the street. To go see Bobby? And go see Bobby. <laughs> hey, 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 Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, man. And now tell the guys to put the piece down, all right? I'm just asking you as a question. <laughs> I'm a friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm related. Send an email. I'm Uncle, yeah. I'm Uncle Don's uh, nephew. Yeah, okay. Don't shoot. So let's 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 take a break and thank some, get our executive producers out of the way. Yes. Uh, out of the way? No, us. no. We don't want to get him out yeah, of the well, way. We want to bring him to the fore. We want to honor them. We want to honor our executive producers, especially on this Sunday, which is normally pretty slow. We had a good day with Jason uh, Witt from Marlton, New Jersey. Jason Andrews. I know it says Witt on here. Marlton, New Jersey, uh, soon to be Sir Jason, for an instant $1,000. Woo. Awesome. Yeah, that made our day. Yeah. Uh, my... Michael Stadjuhar, Stadjuhar, I guess, he was uh, in the uh, military somewhere, parts unknown. 40404, raised the <laughs> cash to complete his 12-12-12 knighthood. Thanks right. to the best podcast in the universe. Please give my wife and I a little karma as we move back to Gitmo Nation. Absolutely. And I love the uh, 40404. That's, uh, that's a very good, very good number. You've yeah, I like it. Karma. He'll be the lost knight, <laughs> the not found Night not found. And then uh, Spiros Betas in uh, Napani, Ontario, or Napani, I guess. Napani. Uh, I think it's Napani. I've never heard of How it. How about Napani? Napani. Napani, maybe. He donated for show 369, but my message via PayPal was cut short. Well, that means it was too long. Uh, <laughs> what I wanted to say is not important now. <laughs> All right. But can you call out PayPal as douchebags? Douchebags. Cut him short. Anyway, for this show, I'd like my donation to be for my cat, Pie Wacket. 
He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. A lot of cats die from, oh, from that. Yeah, they passed do. away October 3rd. In Greek culture, when a person passes away, <laughs> it's said their spirit wanders the world for 40 days, revisiting all the places they went they went to when they were alive, and then there's a final goodbye. Well, my buddy was definitely a person in a cat's body. Everybody thought he was an amazing cat. Oh. November 12th is 40 days after you passed away, so can you guys throw some karma his way? Thanks. For, appreciate all you do. That's actually very beautiful, that story, that that when someone passes away, they roam the earth for 40 days, and apparently uh, uh, this was... Uh, Checking in. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Here's a 40-day karma for your buddy there. You've got karma. That's, that's, that's why I can't have pets anymore. I don't want any that's more pets. Have. I don't want yeah. more pets. That's, it hurts me too much when they die. I can't do So it. now uh, those are, will be our executive producers. We have associate executive producers, Diego Medina, Sugarland, Texas. No comments. $300. Thank Di- you very much. What about Diego instead of Diego? Maybe just Diego. Did I say Diego? Yeah, you kind of did. I thought I said Diego. No, I think you said Diego. Play it back. Come on. Rob, rewind. <laughs> no. Just Black bleeding. Knight Greg Birch in Port Angeles, Washington, our, our official dentite. Uh, 269, because Washington is now legally stoned. He wants me to read this with my Berkeley stoner voice. Okay. Uh, even though Washington is not legally stoned, it's just another fiasco. Uh, Adam, I'm sorry I didn't warn you about the 27 <laughs> shots. Receded gums, bleeding, swelling, pain, and brain rot from gum disease when you quit smoking. <laughs> To make up for being such a biter, I'm making a donation so you can treat your swollen oral interregnum. Oh, yeah. I have a place behind the office where you can park the van on the Hot Pockets Tour Northwest. He says he wants a douchebag for not letting you know about the problem. Douchebag. You know, I'm just actually it was Miss Mickey who said you have all these dentists listening. How come no one warned you about that? They, they all knew you were going to stop. You talk about it on the show. Someone they didn't believe you were going to stop. That's probably no, the reason because you true. already failed once. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to fail now. Or twice. David Beers in Altoona, Iowa, 23333. All I ask for is some two delicious karma and another five years of the best podcast in the universe. Okay, well, ask and thou shalt receive. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got <laughs> karma. Hey, what you know, if, the more I hear that, yeah, the I know. funnier it is. How, would you, what if Hillary became director of the CIA? Oh, that would be great. I mean, it's a, it's an off it's a crazy thought, and I think you know it'll never happen because you know she's got to go ah, rest. That would be awesome. But wouldn't that be hot if if Hillary if Hillary was running? So you got Janet running Department of Homeland Security, Hillary running the CIA. You know, if you're white and you have a penis, you're dead. You might as well yeah, kill everybody. Yeah, just, you'd be, be on the rampage. <laughs> you, you might as well just go kill yourself now. Wow. Well, so yeah. what did they steal from Kucinich's place? Uh, let me see if it says uh, they don't care about Kucinich because you know he's leaving. He's but, done, but they, he may have some the goods well, on. Isn't them. he? Um, but he could go rogue. What commit? <laughs> a little leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, I'm rogue. He's already borderline. What, uh, what what committees is he on? Why don't you? I'll look at if anything was stolen. Can you see what committees he was on? Yeah, let me look. I'll look, I'll check the book of knowledge. Yeah, you do that. Where's the? Uh, uh, yeah, th- oh, three House Democrats were burgled. I'm sorry, three. Who was the third? Uh, Nancy Pelosi, 
Oh, Michigan Representative Hanson Clark's Detroit office. Does anybody not think this is peculiar? I think it's... Well, first of all, they're Democrats, so... Hmm. Yeah, they got to keep them in line. Michael Hagan. That's uh, interesting. Okay, he... Okay, he's on the Committee on Education and the Workforce, which is nothing, and no. Workforce Protection and Health. But he's also on the Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. Oh, yeah. No, we got we got to grab some laptops from this Subcommittee guy. on Regulatory Affairs, Stimulus Oversight, and Government Spending, yeah. the yeah. ranking member. Yeah. It could just be a distraction. There's money. There's money. Yeah, but There's can, money in there. But I think, uh, I think Pelosi's house, that's what's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Pelosi, yeah. Uh, was that our uh, our final? Uh, yeah, that, that will was be it. our associate ex- and executive producers for the show, four sixty. Yeah, I well. want to thank them <laughs> and everyone else who we'll mention later in the show and remind everyone they should go to dvorak.org slash na and help us continue this project. <clears throat> yeah. Also, uh, channeldvorak.com slash na, or you can go to noagendanation.com and click on the donate button. Also, noagendashow.com should have a donate button there too couple of uh, PR mentions. Uh, a reminder that there is the... Oh, we have an artist. Don't forget to thank the artist. Well, I, I usually remember, but since you interrupt me, I'll be happy to do it now. No, it's okay. Thank you, Martin JJ. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we chose some evergreen. We chose the King Obama, which he had done a long time ago. That's the yeah, one we chose for the previous a- episode. So, noagendaartgenerator.com. Uh, we love all of the artist's work, and we, we love choosing... Um, just the best piece, um, and you know Martin JJ has promised to back off a little bit, but he, he got lucky on this last one. Uh, a reminder that the twelve twelve Super Karma coin is still available at uh, No Agenda Super Karma, I believe it is. Let me just double check. This is uh, you know not so yeah No Agenda Super Karma dot com. This is uh, what producer uh, Ernie Sir Ernie puts this together, and this uh, is actually they're, they're very interesting looking challenge coins. Um, and I think they will be ready at the beginning of December, so you can have it for uh, uh, for the actual end of the universe. Pre-sale customers can have their name or anything you want laser engraved on the side of the coin. And you also get a no agenda lapel pin. I mean, we should be in on this. And look, these coins are kind of nice, actually. Is it as good as the Inca coin or the Mayan coin? It's, that, very, uh, it's actually very similar to the to the to the Mayan the Mayan coin, which I have. I like the Mayan coin. But he also yeah, has that's at uh, noagendanation.com. That's at noagendanation.com. So you know, if if you wanna if you wanna take something to your fiery death at the end of the world, uh, consider you know either Mayan coin or the twelve 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 super karma, uh, twelve twelve twenty one supreme hyper karma coin. You can get that at uh, noagendasuperkarma.com. And I got this uh, nice note. Oh, uh, reminder for the uh, the ham human resources. We have changed the No Agenda um, uh, Echo Link node. We have a new number, thirty three seventy three. Oh, nice! <laughs> you got thirty three and seven. Well, yeah, yeah. Seventy threes is like a a, a good buddy, and thirty three is of course a magic number. So thirty three seventy three, you can connect it. And uh, one of our producers is actually putting together a podcast of what is discussed there. So, oh. so, so every every day there's an MP3 file with what's all, discussed there. Well, I'm pulling up the backyard about now. I'm gonna <laughs> uh, I'm gonna dig a pothole. I got a, I got a hole post digger. Yeah, what kind did you get? What kind of hole post digger? 
I got a uh, an Acme. I didn't even know they made them. No, here's 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 the kind of stuff that is discussed on on the uh, No Agenda uh, Ham uh, uh, Repeater. Hey man, does John have his radio on yet? Man, that guy's not a real ham man. He doesn't have. He doesn't even. I don't think he even has a radio man. And that's what we talk. About. We just talk about you. Yeah. So anyway, 3373, and then uh, this kind note from Ted O'Brien. Dear Mr. Curry and Mr. Dvorak, due to the financial interrectum, I won't be able to donate this year. Anthropogenic climate change is a bitch. And you disappeared. There you go. (laughs) Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And, of course, you can always go out and propagate our formula. It is the most important thing everybody can do. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And that's what it is. We have Gitmo Nation, we have Drone Nation, and we are now in Obama Nation. And I'm surprised. I am surprised. When I grew up, John, John C. Dvorak, when I grew up, I was always taught, okay, you can vote for some other guy for president. And uh, unlike what Chris Matthews is telling me, is you know, I understood pretty early on there were a number of people you could vote for, and I, and I wasn't an idiot, and it's only a two-party system. But that if your guy didn't win and someone else became the president – then he is also your president, and that yeah. there were, and, there's, and so there's no remorse, but there's also no gloating. I have seen nothing but both. Our entire country is gloating and remorseful over this. What what is going on? What happened to the? Okay, carry on, keep calm. You know that guy won. Well, that's what help it is. With people like Valerie Jarrett running things and talking about <laughs> payback. I got to oh, I got to play you this clip. This is the funniest clip. This is Matt, of course, and he has, so this is in the uh, since you bring up Valerie Jarrett, this is uh, the sec the state uh, department uh, of state state department their press conference. Victoria Newland being grilled once again by. Uh, by Matt from uh, Reuters about Valerie Jarrett and the Iranian talks. Hey, Matt. Are there any secret talks uh, ongoing directly between the United States and Iran? No. (laughs) 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 For the record, without Matt over me, no. There are no secret talks. There are no talks directly or indirectly going on. There are no secret talks. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. Meaning, uh, you seen... we don't see nothing, we see nothing, that we get nothing? You have, you have all seen when the P5 plus one has, has sat down with Iran, uh, and I've got nothing else to share with you. Well, that means that you have nothing else to share with us. It doesn't necessarily mean that there are no secret talks going on. I but am you are concerned. saying that all of these are that these several reports with dubious sourcing are, are incorrect. Correct. Valerie Correct. Jarrett they are incorrect. is not running around on the president's behalf negotiating with the Iranians in Bahrain. Uh, as my colleague Tommy Veter has already confirmed, these reports are ridiculous. There are no Valerie Jarrett talks. She has no role in the, in the negotiations with the Iranians. Correct. She has no role. 
So, you know, they all laugh about it, but Matt is correct. Every single time he's like, well, you just said she has no role in direct talks. So there are direct talks. I mean, the, 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 she, this is how it works. They keep lying. The press, and this guy actually calls her on it continuously about Valerie Jarrett, and she, who is, of course, Persian, who is Iranian, and I totally believe she's holding secret talks. The whole press corps seems to know about it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. No. And you're right. She is, she is Iranian. Or, well, well, is she Iranian? Yes, she is. Jarrett? Yeah. That was that other woman that was Iranian. No, no, no. She, well, she's from Chicago. She's, you know, Chicago slumlord. But she's, uh, yeah, she's of uh, Iranian uh, origin. Well, okay. And let's just make sure that I'm not. Uh, uh, she also, uh, I believe, runs a pedophile ring. Which I've, uh, it's called Paperclip. <clears throat> Here we go. Senior advisor to the president. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, born in uh, Shiraz, Iran. Valerie Jarrett? Yes. Was born in Iran? Yeah. Huh. You, you didn't know that? <laughs> she was. Well, from the sounds of my voice, it seems as though I didn't actually <laughs> yeah. know that. You know, I think I might have known it, and then I forgot it, and then every time I hear that it's that is true, I'm always befuddled. I think that's just my yeah. nature. She speaks, yeah. I find it hard to believe that mm-hmm. this is the case. She speaks that per- we have yeah. her, and there's another Iranian woman that's floating around. Uh, which one is that? Isn't that the one that's the Hillary's girlfriend? Oh, she's she's a she's a Muslim Brotherhood. I thought she was Iranian. Who Uma Abedin? Yeah, Uma Uma. Who no? Who he? Uma Hima <laughs> Hima Abedin. Uh, I don't think she's. Uh, well, let me see. She's uh, was she born in? She might have been. Oh no, I think she, no, no. I think she's like Palestinian or something. Uh, no, she's Saudi Arabian. Okay. Born in British India. Now she's uh, no, that's she's just Hillary's Hillary's main squeeze. But uh, no, Jared uh, speaks Persian, speaks French. She 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 parlez-vous de the de France. Hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she is the number one uh person in Obama's ear. Oh yeah. No, she, well, everyone jokes about it, about her being the real president. And I think I've been saying that for several years. No, no, you've been saying it since the beginning of Obama administration. Yeah. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and to all the No Agenda Nights out there who listen religiously to our show twice a week at 9 a.m. on Thursdays and Sundays. And a uh, hello to all the double and triple nights we've got out there. And, of course, our human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. And to all the veterans out there today. Today is officially Veterans Day, 11-11. And um, although I think we still get our shopping holiday tomorrow, don't we? And of course, you know, we it's not really about thanking veterans. It's about deals. Buying. Can, can we get a, can we buy a car? Is there a good deal on the car? You know what? Um, so our uh, water went out yesterday around uh, three in the afternoon. Your water. Yeah. We just all of a sudden water ceased. Yeah, it happens everywhere. Yeah. But of course, you know, the. It's, I, I, I've, this really hasn't happened to me. And the first thing I thought is, oh, crap, I probably forgot to pay a bill or something. <laughs> and then, 
But we have, uh, for some reason, you know, you call the water district the dudes and you get an emergency pager number and you hear nothing. And so, you know, this is okay, but then after an hour or two, it's like you haven't heard anything and you know, you've, you've already pooped in each toilet, you know, so there's like no more water coming in. And we have a nice community up here on this little... How much do you poop a day? Well, we have two people in the house. How many toilets do you have? Three. And you pooped in each one of them. That means somebody's pooping twice. <laughs> I, I I have to admit I had a, a, a double poop. Huh. And But we have a nice little community up here on the hill. There's only about 30 houses that are up here. So you sticks. had more p- places to poop? <laughs> well, uh, so I check in uh, because we have a, a mailing list. It's called Top of the Hill. And, uh, you know, so if something's going on, then uh, people all check in on the list. And so no one had water. And it turns out that, you know, there was a huge water main break, which we didn't find out until hours later uh, over at uh, the uh, the water tower, which is over by the Oasis, which is a little bit further uh, further up the hill, further across. But, uh, you know, you're like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve hours without water. And, you know, and of course, I'm like, well, this is annoying, you know, because, you know, I, I was cooking dinner. I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that. Ah, no, I can't do that. Of course, we had our water filter, so we did have, you know, water, and we had some bottled water and stuff, uh, but not really enough to flush the toilets until I came up with the genius idea of taking uh, water out of the hot tub and putting it in the toilets. Uh, yeah, that would do it. Yeah, that worked. Um, but then I, you know, I was thinking like, you know, wow, just thinking about people who, um, who were affected by um, Superstorm Sandy who still have no electricity. Uh, many still uh, don't have electricity to power the wells that uh, that flush their toilets either. And I'm thinking, you know, how weird is it that at this moment, the last thing I want is the Red Cross, you know, with money. I, I want water and blankets at this moment. You know, I really just want some freaking water. And uh, it got me all upset again about what's going on with the, you know, with this whole rock against water and blankets crap. Uh, CNN now running, you know, actual um, promotion for the Red Cross by warning everybody for the scam charities that are popping up. Well, many of the victims of Superstorm Sandy have lost everything. Their needs are enormous right now. Food, clothing, shelter, medicine, a lot more. But now the FBI is warning that scam charities could be steering relief funds away from storm victims by targeting those who want to help them. This is just outrageous. I mean, we've been doing a lot on reporter, on charities and bad charities for months. But what we didn't know about and what Sandy has exposed is the extensive business in these pop-up charities that surface in the, in the wake of a disaster. They're designed for one reason, to Pray on your generosity and take your money. Here's what Drew Griffin found. So this is the and this is the way it works. You see, you talk about the pop-up scam charities, and that then directs you towards the real charity, which of the course is the real scam, which is the Red Cross, and that's really what they want you to do. Well, or they were like Clinton during Haiti. What happened to all that money? Well, that was built. This is another thing that irritates me. So we raised billions. Of course, that was worldwide, but from America alone, more than a billion dollars for Haiti. And so far, the Red Cross has raised 170 million. Really, that should that should have been one night just of the of the the broadcast commercial rights of that Bruce Springsteen Bon Jovi thing. I mean, where is the the money is sticking all over the place? Now there's something else happening. Now I see professional, let's just call them community organizers on television, and they're really angry about the power not being on, particularly Long Island. Uh, I've seen this happen in Jersey as well. 
But these guys are out there. They're, they're not being really constructive. They're just yelling, what do we want? Power. When do we want it? Now. So I think what is happening is um, competitive companies are weaseling in exactly what you discovered earlier when we were talking about GE and the NBC reporting on this, that competitive companies are starting to weasel in. They want to break the contracts with these power companies that have the monopoly so that they can get in and it'll be a huge expenditure because everyone, you know, of course we should have wires underground and all this, all of this is exactly the way to go. And I see it happening. Have you noticed any of this, John? Yeah, obviously. But I mean, have you actually seen like these, these guys who are, they're, they're organizers, they're organizing people to be angry, not to, not to be productive and get something done. They're not organizing like generators or anything like that. Just like out there just yelling. No, they had a bunch of them. There was one of the the news things they had. They all have signage and there's, yeah, it looks like a protest in Argentina. Right. So, I mean, am I mistaken or is this, is this what's going on? Are they trying to, because all I hear is, is I hear the governor of New York saying, you know, we're going to hold them accountable. I mean, this is, isn't this the point where big contracts change hands? Uh, I think it could be arranged. Yeah. That would be a good thing to do. I'd do it. All right. Well, it's just just these you know these these little things. Of course, no one's reporting on it anymore. But there no, are people not. still without. There's nothing to report on. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, in fact, don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Now there is something to see uh, because we now have. That's where I start off with earlier. We have uh, Gitmo Nation. We now have Obama Nation, and they'll be with us for the next four years. And it would have been Romney Nation if he had won. So this is nothing uh, other than just. Fact, and I was just kind of blown away by this uh, this video that certainly went viral, and everyone was fawning over it. And I have a real problem. This is the president after uh, being reelected, talking to his his troops in Chicago. Uh, you, I'm sure you saw this, John, where he uh, breaks down and starts to cry. Yeah, yeah, I have some thoughts on this. In whatever states, in, in whatever capacities, whether you're in the private sector, the non for profit, or uh, some of you decide to go into public service. Uh, you're just going to do great things. And and that's why, uh, even before last night's results, I felt that the work that I had done um, in running for office had come full circle. Uh, because what you guys uh, have done means that uh, the work that I'm doing is important. I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of all of you. And, uh, and, and, and what you just said. He's so sensitive. So, do you want to start? Well, you can. I, you probably have something completely different than, than my simple thesis. Okay, but here's what I have to say. Where were the tears? Where are the tears for the thousands of uh, boys and girls being killed in Afghanistan, Iraq? Where are the the tears for the children you are droning in Pakistan? Where are the tears, Mr. President? No, but tears for getting reelected. Now that's something to cry about. Big, no, fat, actually, big, fat. That's what he gets from me. <laughs> I think it was tears because. Uh, Obama's really his only real ability, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and what he's probably one of the best at that we've ever seen ever is campaigning. Right. 
active. And he, he, that's it. He's done. He can't campaign anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, he can <laughs> pretend to campaign he was like cr- he did with his, his, his acceptance speech was a campaign speech. <laughs> he it was, was horrible. Blah, was, blah, blah. <laughs> and he'll give a State of the Union speech, which will be kind of a campaign speech, but he can't campaign anymore. There's nothing else to run for. Are uh, you saying Unless he, he phony up something and you run for a third term, which is never going to happen. <laughs> well, I know what. So he's in, he's in tears. His, his, his career is done. He's through. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you're wrong. He is. He's only just begun. I got here's here's some uh, some audio of our president because now we have to we have to get started right now. It's the get started thing, and I I love how they have bleed. This is what it's one thing to do this during campaigns, but when you are reelected and you're in the White House and you are doing a uh, a television presentation in the White House, it's kind of unnecessary to have the bleachers behind you. Have you have you seen this? It got like four levels of bleachers of people standing behind him. It, it, does anyone else see the unnatural occurrence that is taking place here? As you are watch you talking it? about the one time where they had these really weird people standing behind him? They still have that. It's still this weird. I people. mean, there is some person back there that you would catch. It's very distracting. You'd be looking at. It was a woman, and she looked. She was weird. She had a big square head, <laughs> and it was just a weird looking person. He can look real. Well, here's um, here's a couple interesting little things from the president's most latest show. Because you're wrong, he's only just started with his television career. Uh, and here's a, here's a little a little gotcha that uh, he's he's launched a meme. I, I haven't actually heard it roll off his tongue this easily before. I don't think he, we've heard it elsewhere. I don't think he's ever said it this easily. Business and labor and civic leaders from all across the country here to Washington uh, to get their ideas and input as well. You know, at a time when our economy is still recovering from the Great Recession. Hello? The Great Recession? Is that what it's called now? It's been called that for some time. No, it's been called the greatest recession no, since the no, Great I, Depression. No, 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 no. I've right. heard that for months on end. All right, all right. Well, then here's, uh, here's how he's, uh, he's rolling out an old script, uh, which I can prove because I have the old script here. Um, but here is uh, part of the old script rejuvenated from the same television appearance. In fact, the Senate has already passed a bill doing exactly this, so all we need is action from the House. And I've got the pen, ready to sign the bill right away. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. The President, I have a pen! I got a pen! I got a pen! I got a pen! This pen is mightier than the sword. What has he done with that pen, uh, John, over the past uh, four years? What has the president achieved with his pen? He's checked off names from the kill list. Yes, that would be one, yes. What else has he done with his pen? Well, let's see. There's no Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) Let me play you a a little town hall meeting. And even in in the questioning, you'll notice such a huge difference in... Um, in television coverage and, and how unscripted things were in 2008 for then-Senator Barack Obama, as compared to now, uh, when the question arised about um, the unnecessary war in Iraq and the Patriot Act. Let, let, me, let me tell you what... Uh, first, it's not actually true that the Patriot Act was the worst. Most of the problems that we have had in civil liberties were not done through the Patriot Act. They were done through executive order by George W. Bush. Oh, oh, gee. Um, let me see. 
How many executive orders did George W. Bush sign? Uh, do you happen to recall offhand, uh, John? No, but you know. Tell me. 64. How many has Barack Obama signed in the past? More than 64. 923. Okay, let's continue. Now, remember, this is your re-elected president. And that's why the first thing I will do when I am president is call in my attorney general uh, and have he or she review every executive order to determine... Which of those have undermined civil liberties? Which are unconstitutional? And I will reverse them with a stroke of a pen. Oh, there's the pen again. The mighty pen. Has he done any of that, John? Let me think. Mm. I'm guessing no. And, and so that is actually how... And listen, and the slaves... Yes, he's got a pen. He's got a pen. I've got a pen. That's actually how... That's actually how the worst abuses have occurred. That's uh -huh. what happened with Guantanamo, that's what happened with... <laughs> Which we didn't reverse. With uh, the warrantless wiretaps, that's... Which we only upped and only... <laughs> What's happened with the suspension of habeas corpus? Oh, which we entered NDAA, which is now even worse, and is not even yeah, suspension of habeas corpus. Yeah, now you up. can just be droned. Uh, that's what's happened uh, in terms of the rounding up of uh, Americans of Muslim extraction. Those when did that happen? I, I couldn't remember the rounding up of Muslims of... Americans of Muslim extraction. Do you remember I don't this? remember that. When did that happen? I don't know, but this is what he was talking Those about. Those weren't done through the Patriot Act. Those were all done separately. Now, listen to his, his understand. This constitutional scholar is going to talk about the Patriot Act, and, you know, he understands the Constitution. The first Patriot Act, I wasn't there, so I did not vote for that. The second one, I actually worked with Russ Feingold, who was one of the people who opposed it, to try to amend it to deal with some of its excesses. There were some provisions in the Patriot Act that actually did need, uh, did address changes that needed to take place. Oh, really? Please. And let me give you a specific example. Okay. Um, prior to the Patriot Act, you could not wiretap a phone that wasn't land-based. <laughs> He's. This is so out of control. It has he even does he even know how to spell Patriot? Now think about it, nobody uses a land-based phone anymore. Certainly, people who might be doing engaging in terrorism aren't going to be using an old dial-up phone. <laughs> right? Right. So Fired it up. made sense then to change that law. And there were some other provisions that made sense. Yeah, which we took care of in the National Defense Authorization Act so we can kill you. There were a, a number of provisions that went way overboard, including, for example, going through library records. Oh, pfft. yeah, and that hasn't changed at all now, has it? We uh, instituted a series of amendments that changed some of the worst excesses of the previous law. Some of the other amendments were blocked by the administration and the Republican Congress. Mm -hmm. But I, I want everybody to understand, you know, I taught constitutional law for 10 years. I take the Constitution very seriously. The biggest problems that we're facing right now have to do with George Bush trying to bring more and more power into the executive branch and not go through Congress at all. Oh, you mean like um, Senate confirmation no longer being necessary for uh, people in your new cabinet, Mr. President? You know, that little thing that you signed uh, in the middle of the night, that one? And that's what I intend to reverse, oh, reverse. when I'm President of the United States of yeah, America. Reverse it away from them and towards me. All right. Uh, how much more time do we have? Yeah, I don't know. As many as many years as you want, Mr. President. 
this is this is the I mean this is the guy that was reelected. Congratulations. <laughs> Did no one ever think to just think? Oh. We're doomed. We're so doomed. Well, the, nothing has gone what he with all his promises, all of them with I think very few exceptions and the ones that were exceptions or weren't as important as these these things that he was talking about here, which he did nothing about. He no. You're right. 900? I didn't know it was that big of a number. I th- yeah, I think it's 900. He's like, what, is he doing two or three a week? Well, there was just, a, there's two, it's actually, it's quite funny because uh, there's another one came out today. You'll be happy to know that not only is it uh, Veterans Day today, but that we have also re-upped our 1979 executive order. Due to the threat of Iran, we are still a nation under a state of emergency. This is uh, pursuant to Executive Order 12947. Continuation of the national emergency with respect to Iran. November 14th, 1979, the president declared a national emergency with respect to Iran. This, what was 1979? Was that? That was when they, they kidnapped Americans in the, uh, that's the Carter years when they right. we had the Iran, uh, the, the Iranians, Iranians took over right. Uh, right. the embassy and they put in the Shah. Right, that's before. I mean, they got rid of the Shah and they put in uh, uh, Khomeini. Well, pursuant to the International Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1700. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's something else. Uh, the president took related steps to deal with. The unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security, foreign policy, and economy of the United States constituted by the situation in Iran. Because our relations with Iran have not yet returned to normal and the process of implementing the agreement with Iran dated January 19, 1981 is still underway. The na- <laughs> How much do we suck? We can't get a document signed since 1981? You should have some of these bill collectors who call me do this, dude. They know how to do it. Because of this, the national emergency declared on November 14th, 1979, must continue in effect beyond November 14, 2012. Therefore, consistent with Section 2OTD, the National Emergencies Act, I am continuing for one year this national emergency. Congratulations, John. We're still under national emergency. I wonder what that means. Oh, it means exactly. You get all the powers. The president, it he can do whatever he wants. Well, he's been doing that with or without it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like he can, you know, just take over everything. So, like, you know, shut down stuff if he feels like it. You know, just take, you know, take over. You know, we've had all these other executive orders where we can take over farms, take over factories, uh, take. You know, it's like you're driving along in your car. Boop, 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 boop. You know, the president says, "No, I need your car. Take away your car." You know, hey, who's that? Is that your wife? No, I need your wife. Give me your wife. I'm the president. I can tell you the executive order number. I mean, it was just like two months ago. Hmm. You think they have an idea that something's ha- going to happen? Well, I don't know. You know, everyone, every president, with the exception of Bush, and even that, I, I'm not. I can't say for sure. But their second term has been a disaster. I mean, Lyndon Johnson had to quit office. Nixon was run out of town because of Watergate. Uh, Re- uh, Ronald Reagan was had the Iran Contra thing, and he barely made it out with his with you know staying right. in one piece. Right. Uh, Clinton had the Lewinsky thing. I mean, every one of these guys, and of course, we had the guy predicting this was going to happen to Obama in one way, shape, or form. And I think that this this, this situation in uh, 
Libya, the uh, the dead uh, ambassador, may be his uh, Watergate or his Waterloo. Right. It could be that. Whatever the case is, this is you know it's it's interesting to well, watch. There, well, there are definitely people gunning for him, but now there's a whole bunch of so the changes are coming. This will be interesting. so. Eric Holder, I guess, is he's the um, attorney general. I guess he's said that he uh, he wants out now. He wants to quit. Yeah. So I know who's going to. You want to put this in the book? Who's going to become? Okay. You ready? Get the book. <laughs> Who will become the new attorney general? Who? Janet Napolitano. She's perfect. She's perfect for the job. Perfect. And um, I think this is, we can see this happening. Uh, she is desperately, desperately trying to get that case settled with, uh, you know, the sexual harassment case. Against the ICE director, the immigrations right, director. The, the place is rife with, uh, yeah, it's horrible. That, the, that pra- the place is rife with uh, sexist lesbians who are, you yeah, know, who, are, who are harassing the men. Harassing, <laughs> harassing men, exactly. So she's desperately trying to settle because, you know, that needs to be cleaned up. They're trying to, there was like a, I think it was even a New York Post article. It was something, you know, like this is so out in the open now. It's just, it's funny that no one, I think everyone's just afraid of, Napolitano. That's why they don't really, really report on it too much. Well, maybe that's probably not a bad idea. To be a little so she would cautious. get. Well, then who would take over Homeland Security? Um, there's any number of stooges who would do that job. Yeah, but we need a good one. Well, maybe they just bring in a new stooge. We need. How about put in Clapper? Nah, no. Clapper is kind of harmless in his in his yeah, position. Just leave him to do and yeah, this thing. is a high profile position. You need someone who can talk. Someone who can, you know, be in be, really be in front of the uh, be in front of the cameras. Well, when they necessary. could put Pistol, move him up. Pistol's a good talker. Mm, maybe, maybe. You know, he's as full of crap as anyone. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, connected. Who knows? Um. They ran out of uh, celebrities, I guess, to arrest in Gitmo Nation East uh, as, it, as it pertains to the huge pedo bear scandal, which really started to crack open with Jimmy Savile, the Jim Will Fix It, children's biggest friend. You always got to watch out when, <laughs> when someone's, I'm, I'm children's biggest friend. And the brand new director of the BBC has been forced to resign and I don't know if you followed exactly what happened, but here's the, annou- here's the announcement first. We start tonight with a statement issued in the last hour by Newsnight and the BBC. On the 2nd of November, Newsnight broadcast a report that looked into criticism of the North Wales Abuse Tribunal. The report included an interview with Steve Meesham, an abuse victim who said that a senior political figure of the time had abused him. We broadcast Mr Meesham's claim but did not identify the individual concerned. Mr Meesham has tonight made a statement that makes clear he wrongly identified his abuser and has apologised. We also apologise unreservedly for having broadcast this report. Okay, so let me just tell you exactly what happened. So Newsnight, which is you know, a pretty important programme, this is the BBC, this is Auntie, this is the, the government-controlled you know, airwaves, continued with... Uh, this abuse, because you know they're they're trying to paint it out. You know, basically, everyone's trying to deflect 
any attention away from themselves because we all know, and I think I've been talking about on this show and others for many, many years, that this pedophilia thing is not just the celebrities, it's politicians, it's royalty, it's rife, and they're all blackmailing each other. And I and it may be related to what's going on in the United States, wouldn't surprise me, who knows. So this guy, uh, Steve Misham, he said, yeah, I think someone, a top politician was the one who abused me. Newsnight did not broadcast his name, John. His name, by the way, is Lord McAlpine. They did not broadcast his name, yet... Then, for some reason, Steve Meacham comes back later and says, oh, well, you know, that thing that I said in Newsnight, it wasn't Lord McAlpine. And that is what made the brand new director of the BBC have to do this. Fifty days, he has the job. Five zero. In light of the fact that the director general is also the editor-in-chief and ultimately responsible for all content... And in light of the unacceptable journalistic standards of the Newsnight film broadcast on Friday, 2nd November, I have decided that the honourable thing to do is to step down from the post of Director General. So he's quitting his job over something that Newsnight never even said. Now, if now if you Google, well, they kind of said it in in no, a back no. assword way. No, they they never mentioned his name. This guy came out later in other interviews and said, "Oh, okay." I thought okay. it was Lord McAlpine, but it wasn't. So, of course, what this means is Lord McAlpine is the guy that did it. And if you look at the guy, <laughs> let me go look at it. Oh, please, just Google this guy. How do you spell it? M C Alpine. Yo, I'm I'm Lord MC Alpine. Yo, bro, just do MC Alpine and then do pictures, images. Yeah, okay. He looks like Uncle Ernie. Come on, look at him fiddling about. Images. Um, so ev- everyone is doing everything. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> do I call it right or what? Yeah, he looks like he is great looking. He's just like, well, hey, kids, <laughs> hey, kids, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Want a lollipop? Hello, mom. <laughs> meet meet Uncle McAlpine. So it is coming apart at the seams, John. You know, they've got to find. You can put it in the red book if you want. They have to find another celebrity to draw attention away from all of this because it's. I mean, it's. it's, it's we have question time with the prime minister. This Jimmy Savile. You know, with royalty, with Prince Charles, and they're all hamming it up. These, I'm telling you, I, you know, you can look. These people can come in, you shoot me all you want, but these people are crazy. I say it again. They eat children like Luna bars. This is exactly what's going on over there, and they're trying to doing everything to distract your attention away from who's really involved. And what happened to the former BBC director general? You know where he is right now. No. He's at the New York Times. He's running the New York Times. That's right. Yeah. He's like a publisher or something. Yeah. He's (laughs) he's lying very low is what he's doing. Being very, very quiet. Well, they're not covering this very well at the New York Times, that's for sure. Gee, gee, I wonder why. So when you bring up the Valerie Jarrett, David Petraeus, pedophilia, um blackmail ring I you know 
yeah, yeah, I'm a crackpot. But I sometimes just have to think, wow, could it really be kind of that way? Well, <laughs> well, look, looking at some of these characters, <laughs> it's quite believable. I mean, Jimmy Savile is a, is a real douchebag-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Well, we and he was not just a pedophilia, a pedophiliac. He was a necrophiliac. Yeah, specializing in the retarded. <laughs> Is she retarded and dead? Oh, John. John. That's really bad, man. Well, I'm just, it, just going by what's out there. It was, is bad. That was, Sick. Really, that, was, Sick. that was really horrible. I can't believe yeah, well, you I'm said sorry. that. I, if I offended anyone, I apologize profusely. Awesome. Um, so, you know, the problem is we just have no media anymore and here we are we're just two dudes you know just trying to just trying to make it happen and trying to it's just just trying to figure stuff out from information that's available our sources of course are you the producers of this program so that's always incredibly we appreciated. Do have a lot of good sources we, we have great sources in fact I, uh, right after the break i got to talk about a source from uh, indianapolis who who really knew Actually, a ham operator from Indianapolis who got me some good, very current info as of this morning. Um, a lot of that comes through No Agenda News Network, noagendanewsnetwork.com, where people can just put in their own RSS feed and just start updating stories, and, and that flows through the whole network. People email stuff, not the most effective way. Prefer you would do an RSS feed. Um, and most importantly... Um, Allow us to do this program without advertisements because that is the number one way that things get compromised and you just can't talk about or even research or even broach the subject um, of. No, I'd say on every almost every show we have at least one. If all of my uh, retarded dead girl thing is part of it, we say something <laughs> yeah, that we yeah, this is a great example. You're right. Yeah. If we if you say that even in, you know, kind of humorously, which is what I thought. You're you're losing advertisers. You're losing saying, your job. No, if anybody says something like because for one thing, most of these guys have no sense of humor, no sense of anything. They are just bottom line oriented. And in fact, with a lot of advertising nowadays, it's just done by young women who are media buyers that don't know anything. They already listen to the show. All they do is they'll they'll listen to an email someone will send saying, you know what they did, and they're advertise. You got you're an advertiser on that show. And you and I'm not going to buy your products anymore. I'm going to start a boycott if you could keep advertising on that show. And it happens all the time. And so what happens is the media gets watered down because they're fearful of these public of the public. Yep. Because there's always a one or two per, people out there that'll browbeat an advertiser. Right. They're very susceptible to that. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you got no advertisers. I mean, they try to do that. I mean, they they do it all the time. They tried to do it with Letterman. If you remember when he had the he had his he had an affair with somebody yep. and a whole bunch of women's groups t- tried to get him kicked off the air and they so they went after his advertisers yeah uh and it, and what it's just his own private thing i mean who cares and it's like it's really bad and so that's one of the reasons that everybody out there and we have a lot of people that are that realize this and they help us out and uh and, you know we and, all, and, and, and I'd we like, like to, to thank them i'd like to say that yes but there are also other other programs you can turn to to get information, and I think John and I listen to all kinds of. Uh, you know, there's there's always something to be found somewhere. But if you have affiliates, if you uh, if you're syndicated, so that means you have other radio stations, 
Uh, and I've certainly done syndicated radio. I think, John, you've done syndicated radio as well. When you have affiliates, you're spending half of your living time on this earth talking to the affiliates. And part of that is they want you to cover local news. Hey, man, can't you talk about something's going on in our market? And then, you know, but they also just want to talk to you just just to have you on the phone just for a little bit because, hey, man, I'm a really important affiliate. And then they have their own local advertiser issues. So you get some of these guys who are, are on multiple radio stations. They are they they cannot go without compromise. It just it's it is impossible. It's not possible. It is not, not possible. possible. And the only thing that can happen to us is we can die. It can, we can die uh, either from um, suicide we can die, which would be two to the head, gun in the left hand. Yeah. We could die from um, someone coming after us, or we could just die from hunger. Well, you could right. <laughs> well, you could also you could get sued for something. Yeah, I mean we're pretty careful about not slandering people. You mean about uh, the guy? <laughs> at least if they're in this country, <laughs> you slandered you slandered the dead guy. But that's fair game. I think. You go dead people. You can slander. Is that true? Uh, is that is that uh, is that? Yeah, some, yeah. Once okay. you're dead, then, once you're dead, you can be slandered. That's cool. That's cool. All right, good. Uh, but generally <laughs> speaking, it's we're, we're mostly dealing with public sources of information, right? And right. Uh, and and we're we're marginalized by the by the whole business itself. So I yeah. mean, nobody would take us serious enough to actually go after us. And uh, yeah, it's just no, pretty, and there's nothing to go after. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to take away my my Mac? Well, you know, if they could cut our bandwidth, you know, if, this, if we got a six strike, you know, kind of right. thing, which is now available to right. the, all the ISPs have agreed to, right? Uh, they could just if they shut down your internet, so you had no bandwidth whatsoever. There is something else going on though. Would be the cheapest way to do it. Um, do you know that uh, if people who are subscribed to any podcast through iTunes, including you know, like BBC and NPR and, you know, Fresh Air and all these incredibly great programs that iTunes always promotes. Uh, none of them have updated for the past three days. Because I guess the way iTunes does it is unless you're, sub you're subscribed directly to the feed, then everything is proxied by iTunes and they go out and check the feed and see if whatever. And then they update everyone's iTunes. And that has been broken now for three days. Really? Yeah. So what does that do to us? <laughs> well, we're about to find out. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We're not updating. In the morning. Yeah, well, it hurts us, of course, because people think we've stopped producing the show. Yeah, well, they got to pay more attention to what they get. You know, we have the Dvorak.org slash blog where it's posted. Noagendashow.com has it. I mean, you can always go there to see what the latest one is. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like it's hard, impossible to find. And you can still, if you search No Agenda on Google, you still get, you know, the Noagendashow.com link at the mm -hmm. top well, instead people, of Sean Hannity. <laughs> people get complacent, you know. They just forget. Yeah, no, I know. We, we have that problem with people um, forget forgetting to listen. It's just the problem with the public. We have we have two, we're dealing with the public. We have two kinds of people. We have the ones that are still at episode three hundred and fifty nine, who are listening to every single show to catch up. Which, yeah, well, that's never. Yeah, well, which I still if think you're that is, far behind. You're never going to catch up. I got. I had a whole email conversation with a producer who was that far behind. 
He's like, well, man, if I wasn't listening to every single episode, I wouldn't have known who Lucifer Clinton is. I said, really? You only have three choices. Uh, well, that's, yeah, and it's also true, uh, bogus, bogus excuse. But, you know, maybe he was supposed to listen to a lot of stuff. Corey uh, uh, Gigliotti in Port Coquitlam, Br- British Columbia, helped us out uh, this week with a one, two, three, four, five donation. My third donation at this level, he says, huh. started with this donation number because I thought it was catchy. Usually get my name and city wrong, even after sending a phonetic spelling. So you can refer to me as Future Night Gigolo from Poco. (laughs) I'd like a Parliament mumble, shut up slave, two to the head, little kid, yay. What? Now that's that's way above a lot of three. Three, four. It's four. It's the four we don't want, but it it sounds like a Was the other one? Oh yeah! Yay! <laughs> it's too much. We can't do you that can't many. Do four. Can't Stop do four. doing four people. Yeah, it's not good people. I mean, I like the the idea. I know what the idea was. It's a bunch of people mumbling, then somebody's just shut up. They shut up. There's a gunshot, and then the kid goes, goes "Yay!" Right? Right? Goes, right, "Yay!" Right, yeah. Right, right, Curtis right. Gibson in London, Ontario, one zero four three eight. A donation is a make good for a promise to karma as to Adam as a karma bet. Oh. Mm. Need, mm. You know anything about it? No, I don't think Needless so. Needless to say, the stuff really worked. Can I get a yay, shut up, slave, two to the back of the head combo? <laughs> okay, turn around. Yay! Shut up, slave. In the back of the head. Okay. Kenneth uh, Micklebust in Oslo. Oh, Oslo. Hello, Oslo. CQ Oslo. 103. Uh, in the morning, 69, 69 plus 33, 33 is exactly similar to $103. I'd like a request to combine getting laid and getting work karma as I'm in a long-distance relationship between Oslo and Edinburgh. Yikes. Ooh. The two are closely connected. Also, I need some, really? Also, I need some special karma as I'm taking my 1,000 bodies project to San Francisco this Wednesday. John, if you're in the area and want some delicious brown cheese... <laughs> Let me know and I'll hook you up with some. What is this thousand thousand bodies project dot com? I've heard of this. Isn't, it's some sort wait, of isn't a, that with all naked people? I think so. Yeah. So go to thousand. While well, I'm reading this, go to thousandbodies.com and see what it wait, is. Wait, thousand bodies project project dot, dot com. Okay. And let's see. I think it's a whole bunch of naked people. I think it's a naked thing where you take, where he puts a million naked people and it takes a photo with brown cheese. I, I, I think it's uh, yeah, it's naked people. Yeah. He's doing a sh- apparently a shoot here in the Bay Area. A climate gate karma would do the trick for him. Uh, thank you both both for the best cod past in the universe. It's uh, a lot of cod up there. This is something you can participate actually in, John. You should take a look at it while I do the combo for him. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. You've got karma. We've talked about this before. Uh, you can uh, here it is. Whether you're an experienced nude model or have never been naked in your life, right? Whether you're a policeman, real estate agent, kindergarten teacher, retired student lawyer, office clerk, old, young, fat, skinny, lacking an arm or leg, <laughs> covered in tattoos or piercings, male or female, exhibitionist or m- the most shy person in the world, you can participate in this project. Everybody is wanted and welcome. It only takes ten minutes. It's free of charge and it's fun. 
John, you should be in on this. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? It looks great. I'm looking at it now. Doesn't it look it look super? You would you would you would not. Yeah, I, you, is, yeah. you are missed yeah. in this, my friend. You you need to be in this program. I think there's enough people in here that look like me. <laughs> okay. Yay. Okay. All right. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Thousand. Oh, yeah. The brown cheese. What is brown cheese? Look at brown cheese while we're because it's some sort of. Some sort of cheese. What, what am I like? Nor- your Google bitch Norwegian or something? brownies. Well, I got to read these things. Joan Dodafrey in Morgantown, West Virginia. Your old stomping grounds, right, hundred bucks. And she's also got her bunch of requests, and she's going to be a, a dame. Uh, this is Mark's a bunch of birthday stuff. If you would put him on the birthday list, kind of iconic yep. that achieved damehood whilst donating for my husband's birthday because I can't get him to listen to the show. What? Weird, and he's. he's I am, he's however, proud of him for downloading and checking out the No Agenda News app. Maybe there's hope. I'd like to wish you both and all the listeners a happy Thanksgiving next week, and also some travel karma. As my husband and I are taking our two boys to Cozumel for their first dive trip over the holiday weekend, I'm hoping the so-called family line is still in use at the TSA checkpoint, so we don't have to start the vacation off by getting molested. No, <laughs> not sure I can handle them touching my kids. Vacation might be over before it gets started because Mama may need to be bailed out of jail. She wants a mumbling par. Boy, this has become very popular. She likes a mumbling Parliament Spanish in the morning. Um, and if Adam's in the mood, a little girl, yay! Okay. But she needs the karma, is what she needs to. So why don't you just give her? Uh, well, I can I can do the whole thing here. That she figure wants. it out. No, she's she's look, she's a dame, so we got to do the whole thing for her. Oh, karma. Sorry. <laughs> I got, almost made it. You've got karma. It's hard. It's hard. And it's and it's rings at noagendanation.com. Yes. Rings at noagendanation.com to get ring stuff. Sir Jesse in Hobart, Indiana. Uh, you called me out as a dame the last time I donated on the fifth anniversary show. I'm a Masonic knight and a no agenda knight, which makes me a sir. Oh, I really can't afford this. However, as a knight, it's my duty to help you two out. Without you, where would I get my news? Karma, please. No talking. You've got karma. So he uh, donated 100 along with El Cid Compiador. Who also... Uh, Sepulpa. Who uh, contributes. And El Cid uh, was jump right on the stick, and he has a... An RSS feed and it's contributing to noagendanewsnetwork.com. A lot, actually. It was nice because it's off email and I actually well, can read what he's sending. He wants a uh, round of karma for all listeners. You've got karma. Chris Whitten in Millboro, Virginia. $100. Recently moved in my 30 minute commute is now two hours round trip. Holy moly. I need your podcast more than ever. Mm. Give him some karma for his family. Curry Dvorak 2016 is what he says. Write us in. You've got karma. We'll take write-ins. Yan Kolya Pena. <laughs> Yan Kolya Pena. Eh. Essen. Deutschland. It's 10, 11, 12 in Germany. Celebrating with uh, 3 times 33, 33 for your great work. Could you please give me a 3 is the perfect number. 33. That's the magic number. Oh, it is. It's the magic number. <laughs> sure. You and curiously, it. 
Yes. Another donor of ninety nine ninety nine, Zambuk oh. in Coromal, New South Wales, only refer to me as Zambuk. My de- defense clearance is not compatible with the content of your show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adam's denial of the weather satellite issue requires me to donate and comment. And he has a link, which we'll put in the show notes. Yeah. The USA is so focused on funding defense against its next most friendly 25 nations that has lost sight of its own need to fund ongoing science programs, which include weather forecasting. Screw karma, go science. 9999 <laughs> as a donation leads me to a meme which might catch on. Oh, I like it. Nine is nine. Nine. No, 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 no. Nine, 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 nine. That you should add the clip of 9999 to your list of clips. And what? he's got one uh, link to a clip. Oh, hold on a second. We might as well play that. This could, this could be a new meme for us, John. Hold on a second. Let me see. Nine 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 nine. I think it's one. It's, it's is it one of these Hitler things where he's freaking no, out. No, no. I bunker? think it's one of the things that took place at the EU. Really? No. Nine 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 Yeah, I think it took place at the EU. You're right. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Hitler's it's a lot of nines. The video is Hitler says nine for ten minutes. <laughs> oh, is that Hitler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Right, well, same thing. It's going in the show notes. That's perfect. Yeah, well, we, Maxwell Roberts, Crown Point, Indiana, 8325. Special karma shot to the two of you. Can I get a little Atlas shrug? Ah. Just because Dvorak enjoys it so much. I also like to call it Sam Reed as a douchebag. Oh. Oops, hold on. Didn't fire. Douchebag. There we go. For kowtowing to the global elite's agenda and worshiping his drone overlords. <laughs> Here you go, my friend. By Ayn Rand. You've got karma. By Ayn Rand. You didn't do it. And uh, Brian Watson. Uh oh. 69! 69! <laughs> I don't see a comment from him. Maybe one in the email I missed or somebody missed. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina begins the, the saga of 6969, followed by Anthony Barber who says, uh, from the home of the fellow citizens, KE7IYW, here in Lost Wages, Nevada Nuts. <laughs> Long-time boner, first-time donor, so please de-douche me. I'm here today with a swazzle enough donation for the show after talking to Adam for a few minutes on the No Agenda ITM conference server. I'd like to call up two of my friends for being douchebags. Andre Foster? I'll do a... Oh, okay, each one gets it. Yeah, they get double right. douchebag. You're right. going to get one douchebag to two guys. Yeah, you're true. That's yeah, true. It's true. And Joe Gallo. <laughs> Don't share your douchebag. Douchebag. Who not deserve sanitary. separate douchebag call-outs for not understanding the value-for-value value model after hitting them in the mouth several times, almost kicking their ass. They do not yet realize all the scat protruding for, for the traditional media and that jabroni Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm looking for some getting laid karma. Why? Because I need to get laid. I didn't realize that getting laid off from work was the ticket to getting laid off from getting laid. Can I please get a uh, Clinton Delicious Little Girl Hot Milf Baby Karma with John Huntsman Patootie Ching Ching after the harp of the karma for the little extra job finding luck? Jeez. I also <laughs> think that you did, you did another year one of your hams. <laughs> what, what do you mean one of my hams? Who, who got the whole ham thing started? 
Yeah, well. And, okay, well, get, you see what he's... Now, I can't... Let's see what he decode. He wants the Clinton thing, which we still think is hilarious. He wants the Clinton and, thing, and he wants a Bonanza thing. That's what he wants. He wants a Bonanza thing. So, I'll give him... I'll give him a Hillary kid thing... Chapuchita ching ching bonanza. Here it's we go. almost too oh. delicious to believe, my friend. And then what did he need? He needed a. What was the other hot one? Hot milf and a oh, karma. Hot milf. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. It's a banana. The little girl hot milf. Little girl hot milf. Uh, that's not a girl. It's a boy. So you don't get that. Little one. boy. Ah. Nah, you get this one. It's a banana. Bonanza. Bonanza. Banana. Bandana. As long as we don't have to wake anymore. You've got karma. All right, that'll do it. I hope. I mean, come on. What am I, a human pretzel? Yeah. Anonymous in Walnut Creek, California, 6969. Step three at his Swazelnuff knighthood. He needs a Monsanto. You will obey. Hit people in the mouth. Karma. Oh, come on. It's like... Uh... Uh, I don't know where uh, the you will obey is, but I got uh, this one. Monsanto, you will You've obey. Karma. Can't find <laughs> it. <laughs> Why not just do them? Just to, to hit do people them. in the mouth is too long to play. Yeah. Ricardo Ari Aridondo in Santa Maria, six nine sixty nine. I don't have a note from him, so he's being nice to us. Mike N- Nikolichuk or Nikolai Chuck. Now wants him to be called Roll SK. Well, that's who he is in the chat room. He's Roll SK. Okay, well, he's Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, 6969. Uh, he's, thanks for butchering my name again. It's time for my monthly donation. Nikolai this donation Chuck. with an additional 1212. Earns me my knighthood. I have sent the accounting separately. So he's going to be a knight. Yep. Uh, send me some swazzle of karma, or it continues to work amazingly. Mm. And send some general kids shut up slave karma for my band, the Noble Liars. Right on. Please send a shout out to friends James SK, Double Dirk Diggler in Saskatoon, the Paris of Canada, who turned me onto the show a few years ago when I first started listening. I knew instantly I would be hooked on the top notch infotainment. I never thought I would have to send you so much damn money, but I'm <laughs> proud to have reached this achievement. So far, I've only been able to get three other people hooked, including my sister, Tight End. Uh, but I wear my what? <laughs> tight end, yeah. That's his tight sister. End. That's his sister. But tight I end. wear my no agenda shirts and display stickers. Okay, well, let's give him a. Uh, he wants a whole bunch. What does he want here? Uh, he wants a karma. A shut up, sort. slave. He wants a shut up, slave. Kids, shut yeah. up, slave. Yeah, he deserves it. Good job, Rollskate. Karma. And tight end and Rollskate are going wild in the chat room. Uh, John Tirada in Pasadena becomes a knight with his 6969, adding the note, but he doesn't want Adam to have to do more voice overall auditions. <laughs> Thank you. I did I did another one, John. I did another one. Oh, hold 69, on. 69! 69! That ends our 6969. You know what? Um, I, I, I did one. I, I did it without you. So oh, I, no. Yeah. Thinking that you'd get the job because I was a lousy director? Yeah, that's exactly what was going through my mind. But huh. they, but they it's sent, possible. but they sent me a um, they sent me an example of how to do it, which I thought was quite novel. Well, if they haven't, wait a minute, hold on a second. If they have an example of how, exactly how to do it, why don't they just use the example? Well, I don't know. This is this is a very good question. 
it just seems to me, here's how you, we want you to do it. Well, you just, and then they do it. Well, they want you to use that. Well, shall I play you the example and then play yeah, what I yeah. do? All right, hold on a second. Here's the, uh, here's the example. It's, it, it may just be a, a demo example. I'm not quite sure. It's a video, so it just has to open up here on the, on the screen. Here it comes. Oh, come on, go. Oh. Really? You just show up a year later looking all irresistible? The one and only McRib is back for a limited time. Grab your chance to try one. I won't let you go. More juicy goodness to love. Okay, could you hear that? Yeah, what's it for? What's it for? The McDonald's McRib. Oh. All right. So, of course, I'm only doing the mail part. So here's the mail part. Adam Curry, McDonald's TV, AVO, for the McRib. <laughs> I, I can already see the guys like, next. <laughs> next. Oh, all right. Well, listen to him then. The one and only McRib is back for a limited time. Grab your chance to try one. More juicy goodness to love. Can you imagine if I would be the more juicy goodness to love guy? <laughs> I think I nailed it. More juicy goodness to love. <laughs> That's right. More juicy. Take a shower, you grease ball. More juicy goodness to love. Hey, now. Well, hey, it's a McDonald's. You know, Mickey went. Oh, yeah, that's tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, Mickey went, that's national. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes, it is national. Thank you. If only more juicy goodness to love. I just hope I could be that guy. Hi, I'm Adam Curry. More juicy goodness to love. You just do that anyway. We'll call you that from now on. <laughs> and that's, that's just going to be my handle. Hi, I'm Adam Moore. Juicy goodness to love. Curry. All right. Finish this up so I can get back to my auditions. Uh, William Powers in Kansas City, Missouri, 6778. Uh, Livia Aguiar Kuhn something or other. No, oh, come on. You can do better than that. It's from Brazil. I, I don't have Livia Aguiar uh, Kunha. Kunha. Kunya. It's got to be something other than it. It's not Kunha. It's it. Well, it's Kunha. Kunha. Livia Aguiar Kuna. Livia. Livia. Anyways, in the Amazon, apparently. In Brazil. So that's a, spent, so that's a Portuguese you know name, so it's pronounced differently. Livia. She's it's gonna, a she. Sorry. Yeah, and she's going to be smoking hot from Brazil. She's going to be beautiful. Yeah, they're pretty right? good-looking women yeah, there. 55-55. Yeah. I've been listening to the show for a while, thanks to my cute Dutch boyfriend who introduced me to the No Agenda. Hello. First of all, I want to say to John that despite all his attempts to convince romantic men don't be romantic, my baby still have bought loots of candles for us. <laughs> Scented. Lots. I think she means lots. Uh, I mean, is it not enough? You guys have got me out of the matrix to see this freaking real world we all live in. Now, John also wants to get my baby out of my magic. Shame <laughs> on you, Dvorak. Shame on you. Meanwhile, since Adam told my boyfriend in Amsterdam that I'm a keeper. Oh, I know who she is. Yeah, she a keeper? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he she, really believed that. No, no. She, so thank you, Adam Curry. Oh, my The goodness. guy really listens to you. I wish lots of candles and romance for you and Mickey. Lovely, beautiful woman, she adds. Please keep doing the great work you guys do. I wish I could do more to support the show. Love you guys. Uh, I want to listen to the great drone song. Not a jingle. I know what she means. Um, so first of all, she came uh, with her uh, with her lovely Dutch boyfriend producer. Uh, they came to our uh, bachelor party. Remember, we had a whole table of no agenda producers. 
And, right, right, right. And 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 she, John, oh, smoking, smoking. This is so nice, Livia. So nice. Thank you so much. Again, I'm going to throw in some karma for you and your boyfriend with your candles. You've got karma. Yeah, Jonah burning the place down, and that'll be the end of that. <laughs> Tom oh. Derry and or Sir Tom for from you guys uh, in parts unknown. He's in Japan. He's the Japanese in the Navy. He's a sailor in the greatest Navy in the world. I would assume that's our Navy. I was deployed most of the first half of the year without a daily commute. I fell way behind in the shows. When I got back, I listened to the last three shows and kept current. While waiting for new shows, I listened to the ones missed. This is our advice currently in May. Why? Because of the entertainment value and the weird time travel effect. Here is the five (laughs) years and many more. Karma for my fellow sailors who celebrated the Navy's birthday on the 13th of October. Um, Karma coming up for you. You've got karma. Wait, we got to give him the, uh, yeah, when you're listening to this episode. Wow. Hello. Welcome back. Daniel Rudin in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Double nickels on the dime. So you think that money's the root of all evil? Have you ever asked what is the root of money? (laughs) By Ayn Rand. Michael Lavers in Reno, Nevada Nuts, 5440, no comment. Justin Jovic in Parts Unknown, 5168, Anonymous in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, 5150. I can't afford it at the moment, but just can't afford to lose the show. Thank you. Hugo Aguiar in Curtiba, uh, somewhere. Where would that be? Um, I don't know. Anyway, keep up with the good work. He's in Brazil, too. Yeah. Hey, the Brazilians are checking in. Good, good. We need the Brazilian. You know what? Maybe with the, we should take and the have hot some po- more Guaranar. We should take the Hot Pocket Show to uh, to Brazil. If we got a lot of Brazilian listeners, yeah, I would much... be the end of us. You know what? You, what? Go on. You know what You know what they it, got in Brazil? She-males. Hello. They got those in New York. Just take no, a quick not, trip there. Not like Brazil, buddy. Not Ask like Brazil. for a travel to China Karma and a Shi Xuan Wu. Shi Xuan Wu. Come on. Here we go. Shi Xuan Wu. Shi Xuan Wu. You've got karma. Let's go into China, I guess. Mark Gregory in Al- Albany, New York, 50. Brett Farrell, okay, Oklahoma City, 50. Anonymous in Maryland. But guy's been listening for a short amount of time, but wish I had checked out No Agenda earlier, of course. All this drunk Diane Sawyer talk reminded me of a trial related to Watergate in 2002 where G. Gordon Liddy claimed that Sawyer worked as a high-class prostitute for D.C. elites. <laughs> what? I, I like this. It makes I can see Liddy saying something like that. It may see, or may not be true. I can see her doing it. Not sure it. if you knew it already, but I thought I'd share the story with you along with 50 bucks so Curry can sleep better. Keep the theories coming. <laughs> Hold on a second. There's a link. There's a link you yeah. put in the show notes. No, I got it. The Baltimore Sun, which talks it. about the prostitution ring. Hmm. And Gert von Trepp, 50. And Geert von Trepp. Geert von Trepp. Geert von Trepp. Yes. Good job. 50. And uh, that uh, well, will be our donor segment okay. for today's show. Uh, four. Six zero, oh, and we got four six one coming up, and hope that people can keep up the pace here and keep us uh, happily uh, reading news stories that nobody else wants to look at. Can I ask you a question? So I see, I see two donations from a producer 
Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because I think that's. Do people do this? He did a 49.99 and a 42.42. Is that because he really wants to support the show? He just wants to be anonymous. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, well, that's what that's the maximum anonymous donation. Okay, great, got it. Well, that's really smart. Then I like what he did there. Well, thank you. You know who you are. That's really appreciated. Couple of make goods, uh, John. Alex Schoenfeld writes. Hello, Adam. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, he. This is a long-time uh, 33, 33 monthly donor, and he wants a birthday call-out uh, for 11.15, which uh, is actually on Thursday, so we'll do that on Thursday. But he says, if John can produce my name correctly, I'll hit him in the mouth with a 50. So it's Alex Schoenfeld. Alex Schoenfeld? Perfect. Good job. Good, good, good job. Good job. And Consult then, the book of knowledge. And then Brian... Byrar, who we have definitely had on the list before, for some reason, and we're just taking his word for it, of course. I'm donating it again since uh, my 6969 donation was inappropriate at the time. This time I'll take... Oh, he says that uh, that we didn't read his um, Swazenough donation note, so I'll read it. Um, and apparently he donated again. Either it's not coming through or PayPal ate it, but... Buzzkill Jr. and I agreed we should just read this because uh, Byrar is definitely good for it. Donate again since you thought my use of the 6969 donation was inappropriate. This time I'll take the Swazenough karma straight up. My wife gets stressed while we are trying to sell our house. Getting the house sold would have the same effect. I felt like I was in the spirit of the thing. If not, this donation should restore balance to the universe. John was curious what Byrar.com is. We distribute RAR and WinRAR products for North America. R-A-R. What is that? I'm offering a $5 discount to you know. No, what's RAR? Is that like it's a... It's a very famous compression, compression? scheme. It's oh, mostly yeah. in Linux. Right. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you can, uh, that's how they also distribute um, albums on uh, BitTorrent, I think. But you can. No, I think, I think a lot of BitTorrent albums are RAR. Well, it could be. Uh, I'm offering a $5 discount to No Agenda listeners. Through the end of this year, just use the, the code NOAGENDA5. By the way... Mm-hmm. Apparently, the BitTorrent guy mm-hmm. is working on a scheme for streaming, like our podcast, right, in, in such a way that when people start to subscribe to the stream, they all contribute to each other. It's funny because I've actually set the. I I did something like this. We called it chaining. I did this in nineteen no in two thousand. We started with this, but then once the this see it's really weird. Once the CDNs came in. And uh, and took over kind of the business. A lot of people just gave up on stuff because it, in order to effectively distribute um, a popular program, you either need great producers and resources like we have with Mr. Oil, Void Zero, Sir Gitmo Slave, uh, who uh, I don't I, they steal these resources or they pay for. I don't know. I don't know. I don't ask where it comes from, or you just give up because you can't afford a CDN. You see. So this is why there aren't many best podcasts in the universe that are really distributed widely because it's so hard to have a large audience of people downloading because the prices are outrageous. This is how the squeeze gets put on us even. So I'd love to see this. Who's the who's the guy that's doing this? The the BitTorrent guy, the guy over in San Francisco. I can't remember his name. Great guy. Talked to him a couple times. Um, what's his name again? I don't know. Look him up. Look up BitTorrent. His name crops right up. It's, um, no, I, I know this guy. Come on. And we know that. Bram Cohen. That's who it is. Yeah, Bram. Bram that Cohen. guy. Yeah. That's cool. That'd be nice. 
Um, so anyway, uh, we'll give uh, Byrar.com a karma there, and uh, thank you for uh, the special offer for No Agenda Producers. You've got karma. And we would love to see you. What are you doing? About what? You're hitting stuff. You're tapping stuff. You're, you click. You, instead of this? clicking a pen, what do you have this time? What? Yeah, with that. Yeah, that's rather annoying. What is that? Is annoying? Yeah. Huh. That happens to be a dongle. Here, let me try. When you're talking, okay, you go ahead and just talk, and I'll and I'll see. Gee, hey, John. I don't understand how you can even hear some of this stuff. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm just doing a podcast with my buddy. I'm very, very interested in what he has to say. Throughout the entire show, whenever I'm talking, all I hear is you doing. What? I, I'm fidgety. What can I tell you? I need to be in a soundproof room. That's the problem. I'm going to soundproof this place. It's your birthday, birthday. Today, both coming from Joan Donafrey, longtime producer of uh, the program, and uh, well, not only a producer, but uh, she actually will become a dame in a moment. She says, "Happy birthday to her son Max. He turned 12 on the seventh, and happy birthday to her husband, who does not listen to the show, but she loves him anyway. Uh, he will be celebrating on the 14th. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show." Quite the list, John. Everyone is getting in on the opportunity to still receive their um, their no agenda night ring or dame ring, as it so be, before the end of the year. Because uh, after that, uh, that will end. Since uh, it's probably the worst idea we ever had. <laughs> it's so expensive to give everyone these well, beautiful it costs, rings. It's just a time consuming process. Is the problem, especially with some of the overseas. People in the UK who never get the ring because it gets stolen yeah. in the mail, yeah, or we Canada get, yeah, would never get, get the ring because it gets stolen in the mail. I mean, there are some places where the mail doesn't work, and in the United States where it does work, we're trying to close it down. It's unbelievable to me. By the way, I just want to say, um, Mr. Oil actually does pay for. Of course, Mr. Oil is apparently independently wealthy. He's you know he's probably running Goldman Sachs. And then Void Zero, Mark, does all the server stuff. He doesn't get paid anything. And he all he gets is shit from everybody. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. It doesn't download. And the guy's up 20. You know, every time we publish the show, he's awake for 48 hours just trying to make it work. And Gitmo Slave, well, he's like running all the streaming infrastructure. He, he's ops. And have you ever gotten a bill from these guys, John? No. And why is that? Because they're the loyal listeners. Who, uh, their show is largely based on uh, the donation model. We are. The best Thank you. That's my point. Grab your blade because we're going to ha- thank uh, a couple of uh, people who can't do infrastructure. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I, I dropped it. Okay, here it is. I got it. Sorry. You gotta be careful, man. All right, here we go. Jason Andrews, Michael Stadjahar, David Bierce, Joe Donnerfrey, Rollus K, and John Tirada. Please step forward. All of you have contributed to the best podcast in the universe, the amount of $1,000 or more. We could not be more thankful for that. And I therefore pronounce the all members of the No Agenda Roundtable for the Knights and Dames. Please welcome Sir Jason, Sir Michael, Sir David, Dame Joan, Sir Rollus K, and Sir John Tirada. Welcome to the No Agenda Night table hookers and blow rent boys and chardonnay we've got wenches and beer hot pants and booze we've got rubenesque women and rosé and of course geishas and sake for you as a token of our appreciation i do that from memory by the way no 
I sure do. Really? Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because we're the best podcast in the universe? Yeah, but I don't want to play the jingle again. I, <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. We are the best podcast. Just some show just playing that jingle constantly. I'm telling you, that's the new donation level. That was the funniest crap ever. All right. So we've got a lot to, a lot to cover here, John. Um, we had a, uh, a drone strike in America. What, one of the things crashed in someone's house? No, we had an actual drone strike. Drone was, well, I'll play it for you. Here is the news report from Indianapolis. Here are some of the first images live from Chopper 13 HD of the destruction at the neighborhood there on the south side. This explosion last night, shortly after 11 o'clock, leveled two homes, and presumably that's what we're looking at is just what's left the debris and the flattened foundations of those two homes that are now gone. There has been serious damage to the adjacent homes. We understand two of the homes nearby have burned, and then as many as two dozen homes in this subdivision. Okay, so let me. you have to hear the rest of this report, which I love the dramatic music they put under. This is a local uh, Indianapolis station. This happened yesterday. When you look at the video, this is uh, and the and the whole the whole place, everything's been evacuated. The entire neighborhood is evacuated. Two houses, not just blown to smithereens, John, but an actual crater in the ground. Okay, and when you hear the report, Department of Homeland Security's there. The gas company says, "Well, we don't know. It could have been a gas. We don't know if it was ours." This is, without a doubt, the first confirmed. Internal U.S. national drone strike. Listen to the report and you'll hear everything that's missing for this to be a natural gas explosion. Our damage, everything from uh, the home actually being lifted off its foundation. Yeah, the, it was lifted off its foundation. To a broken window. We're hearing reports of uh, throughout the neighborhood as you drive through. You, it looks like garage doors have been punched in with a large fist and uh, many of the garage doors have been knocked off their hinges. And one thing that you should note, you do not see many people there in that neighborhood, and that's because police, firefighters, investigators, Homeland Security, ATF, all keeping everyone out of that neighborhood. ATF, Department of Homeland Security, this is not just your typical little gas explosion, okay? We're talking about 200 people that have been evacuated from their homes. A lot of them had to stay with friends and family overnight, and some of them stayed at an elementary school, Mary Bryan Elementary School, as they needed help after having to leave their home. Now, as to how this happened, that question we're still trying to figure out this morning. We spoke with Citizens Gas earlier this morning here on Weekend Sunrise, and they tell us that a gas leak is possible in that area, but they have not been able to confirm that because they cannot get to the site of that explosion. And that is what you are looking at. That is on Field Fairway near Alcona Drive, and that's in the Richmond Hill subdivision on the south side of Indianapolis. Okay, so um, it is second half of the show, but I, I feel very strongly about this. It's not just Stargate stuff or anything else. Uh, it is my belief that the intended targets for this drone strike were the U.S. Army Resource Services in Indianapolis and also the U.S. Defense Financing and Accounting Services and that something went wrong and that this is this is just more of 
the same war that's going on now within the military industrial complex. We have we have to do whatever we can to hide the crazy amounts of money that are being stolen every single day by huge companies and douchebags in Washington, D.C. and the general uh, Potomac area. And they intended to blow up the records, the actual financing and accounting. But, uh, you know, whatever, it didn't it didn't go right. Um, and if you just look at these pictures and you can also compare them to the new Dronestagram, which is uh, this is a great website, uh, dronestagram.tumblr.com. Someone is now posting pictures of drone strikes on Tumblr. This is how leaky this this whole operation is. And we are now droning targets in the United States. Indianapolis, first confirmed drone target in the United States. Missed, but we're never going to hear the actual reason for this explosion. Yeah, well, the problem I have with it is that where the drone strike information comes from our websites, in fact, the top one when you do a search is lunaticoutpost.com. Mm-hmm. I'm Which not, is I'm not, like you know, I'm not getting and the any guy calls it a drone that. strike, and I don't know. I'm not. Oh, I I I haven't even. Where's the double tap? Well, well we didn't have any. Uh, we didn't have any uh, anyone. That, you know, there's no one on the street. What am I hearing? Oh, something weird there. There's no. Uh, there's no. There's, there's no one to go clean the people up because no. You know, the people, the four people, the two people who were killed were just blown up, and there there's no. Uh, you know, no other insurgents walking around. And and I think I, I, I seriously, what is the name of the website you found? Because I did not get this from any lunatic co- outpost. <laughs> I did not get this from any dot com. Well, if you type in the Indianapolis explosion drone strike, you get that. OK, well, let me uh, let me then at least give you some. I mean, I find it suspicious that there's a big explosion around a bunch of uh, about around the facilities you named. Yeah, you 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 just went hydrogen on me. Uh, not for any apparent reason. Well, didn't you just go to lunaticoutpost.com? No, no, no. I would, I've been on that for a while. This is uh, one of the sites that's got some video must be running in the background. Can Let you me just, go. can you just say I'm John C. Dvorak. I'm here for your gold. <laughs> uh, rebooting. Just say it, man. Come on, say it. Ah, you pussy. Can't believe you wouldn't say it. <clears throat> Anyway, um, as he's is he rebooting? What's he doing? That'd be funny if he said that. I I'm John C. Dvorak. I'm here for your gold. I want your gold. <clears throat> well, I'll play a little song. Then while waiting for John. The drone again. I got you. Are you there? And let me fix this one thing. <laughs> okay. It's weird that it re- does all this resetting of all the. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it again. I'm not going to say you need to update your drivers or anything like that. I'm just not going to. No, do no, it. no. I'm not going to. No, do what, it. How, what is updating my drivers got to do with Mumble all of a sudden going back to all its defaults? Because the driver is so old, Mumble doesn't even know yeah. how to talk to it. I got a new machine coming in. It's being built by one of our knights. Mm-hmm. And it's then you can't blame me for having old crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
He volunteered. And I said, you know, I put these machines together, but when I build one, I keep it on play. I mean, this is an XP machine. I agree. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. Keywords. Keywords. When I build one. Could you just say, could you just re- go back to that part of your statement? When I build one. When you build one, what? I tend to keep them. When you build what? A machine. Is, is this machine home built, John? Yeah. Do you ever fly with people who say, yeah, I made that airplane myself. It was a kit. <laughs> oh, well, I, this isn't going to crash and burn. Yeah, well, case in point. Yeah. Here, so we missed something really good um, before the election. President, we don't miss anything. Yeah, we did. President Obama did a hangout on Google. No. Yeah, he did a hangout. Oh, ha- yeah, no, I knew this. But it was it was so long and boring that I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? No, of course not. He talked about drones, and I wanted to just play this so that you can hear the megalomaniac at work. Well, well uh, Steve, I can't hear you right now. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. I was just going to, I wanted to explain the reference to the New York Times just because the story today focused on, on the use of drones in Iraq, actually. So. Well, you know, I, the, uh, th- that story, uh, I think, was a, a little overwritten. Uh, the truth of the matter is okay. we're, we're not engaging in a bunch of drone attacks inside of Iraq. No, because we're doing it in Pakistan. Uh, there's some surveillance to make sure that our uh, embassy compound is protected. Uh, as a general proposition, uh, the question that was posed uh, I, I want to make sure that people understand, actually, drones have not caused a huge number of civilian casualties. Oh. Uh, they, for the most part, they have been very precise, precision strikes <laughs> against al-Qaeda <laughs> and their affiliates. Mm-hmm. And we are very careful in terms of how it's been applied. So I think that there's this perception somehow that... When, you know, when someone says something and they're so precise about it, um, they say, well, it's not like... Uh, uh, here's an example. Hey, it's not like we're two guys doing a podcast over the internet, right? You know what I mean? Have you ever heard someone yeah. do that? Like, so they're actually telling you exactly what it is. They're telling you the truth, but then they just say, you know, it's like, hey, we're not like uh, two guys who talk about news twice a week, right? You've heard that done, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, listen to the president do it consistently, and he has a, he has a beauty. Uh, we're just sending in a whole bunch of strikes uh, willy-nilly. This- <laughs> willy-nilly. We're not just the whole guys, you know, sending a whole bunch of strikes willy-nilly. Uh-huh. This is a targeted, uh, focused effort at people who are on a list of active terrorists who are trying to go in and uh, harm Americans, uh, hit American facilities, American bases, uh, and so on. It is important for everybody to understand that this thing is kept on a very tight leash. <laughs> He has the predator on a very tight leash, John. It's not uh, a bunch of folks uh, in a room somewhere just making decisions. It's not a bunch of folks in a room somewhere making decisions. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what they say it is. That's exactly. And so he said it's not just a bunch of folks with a list sitting in the room making a bunch of decisions. No, are you crazy? Uh, And it is also part and parcel of our overall authority. When it comes to battling Al Qaeda, ooh, did you hear that? It is part and parcel of our overall authority. Authority, authority. From who, granted by whom? Granted by the executive order that I just that I just gave you. We are under a national emergency, John. You see how this works? You see how it works? I have two words for you: predator drones. <laughs> you will never see it coming. <laughs> You think I'm joking? No.
That's it. First predator drone strike in the United States, Indianapolis. I'm calling it now. Hear me now. Believe me later. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah, I'm not buying it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the the pedophile paperclip. Now, that that's the truth. I'm not bu- buying that either. No, I'm, I'm actually, I am buying that I just thought it would one. distract you enough yeah. to get get your attention. Actually, so, uh, something's going on in China. With the Chiners? Yeah, there is a report. I've got a small clip, mm-hmm. uh, which is, there was a huge package. I didn't want to clip the whole thing. It was too long. But it, they were they were visiting with people that lived in cellars and basements, and they're all over China, not preppers? getting paid a lot of money. China preppers? Clippers, yeah, China clippers. No, China preppers. And, um, and then the, this is on the Chinese news outlet, so you have to know as part of a propaganda scheme. Why are the Chinese emphasizing the income gap? And they're making a big deal out of it. So something is going to be up with the people, the rich people in China, it seems to me, uh, very similar to Obama coming right out after the election saying, we're taxing the rich, even though they know it doesn't really make a big, di- won't make a dent in anything, but they're just going after the money. Uh, plague income gap in China, if you can understand her, you'll see what I'm talking about that must be followed. There are still more than 100 million people living on $1 a day in a country that is home to the second largest number of billionaires behind the United States. And let's say despite the fact that China has seen a phenomenal economic rise, but there has been a slowdown. And because of that, many people are feeling more frustrated about the income gaps between the haves and the have-nots. This is the celebrity girl, isn't it? No, this is another one, but she oh. would say the same thing. Oh. Uh, the celebrity girl's an anchor. This is a reporter. And she was out there doing this report, and I'm thinking, well, obviously, this is China TV, so this is all government stuff. So they're promoting, they're bitching about the dollar a day for 100 million people where there are billionaires. Yeah. So I, I'm just pointing this, out, pointing this out because I think it's something we have to start watching because something is. It's up. a world, well, it's a, I think it's a worldwide push. Is that is that what is that what you're taking? Is a worldwide yeah, I, push? Yeah, it's a possibility that maybe the uh, I'm not sure. Or it's either the, either the new wealth or the people aren't getting in line with the elites. Or there's I, I don't know what it is, but I just found the whole report to be very fishy. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, it would it would make sense that um, that there's a an, an overall kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, wait a minute. What am I saying? Mix it. Of course, it's the elites. They're all in the same game. They're all like screwing the little people. Doesn't matter if they're China or America. They're all together, eating their baby Luna bars, <laughs> drink, drinking, their, drinking their infant blood. Yeah, we know what's up with them. Meanwhile, another unreported thing that said, you know about what's going on in Argentina? Uh, isn't there? Well, I believe uh, Miss Kirshner. Uh, is getting thrown out, is she not? Well, there's a lot of borderline, one step away from rioting going on with the huge demonstrations, even though they, when you see it, it looks like at least a million people. But they, they kind of downplayed it on this particular news report. But it's, I didn't even know about this. And finally, we head to Argentina, where thousands have been out on the streets of the capital, Buenos Aires, in the country's biggest anti-government protest in years. Most say President Cristina Fernandez is to blame for rising rates of inflation, crime, and corruption. CCTV's Brian Barnes reports. 
Hundreds of thousands protested in Buenos Aires Thursday in a massive demonstration against Argentine President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. It was the third and largest such gathering in the past five months and brought Argentines together to denounce corruption, crime and inflation. We can't enjoy anything. We can't go out to eat or buy anything because our money does not last. Right. Well, the, you know, so what happened, of course, is her husband, um, you know, uh, she was, you know, it, it was the, they basically did what is now happening to America in Argentina. And, and then he died, unfortunately. And then she just took over. She became president, which was really strange. And, right. This has happened. And now she wants to change the Constitution so she can get reelected. It's right. like Eva Perone. Right. Which is the original. Same, I mean, this, this <laughs> fractal is ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Husband yeah. dies. Wife takes over. And then she becomes a dictator. Yeah. This is exactly what Mickey's going to do on the show. <laughs> She'll be dictating you, telling you what to do. Yeah, and, and to, I think she does that now. And another dictator, Assad, has been interviewed exclusively by RT. Uh, surprise, surprise. And uh, he basically late. Did you hear his little quote here? He threw down the gauntlet uh, to the uh, the international community. Exclusive interview with RT. Syrian President Bashar Assad said that if Western states decided to intervene, the whole world would suffer the consequences. <laughs> I think uh, the price of this invasion, if it's happened, is going too big, more than the whole world can afford. Because if you have problem in Syria, and you are the last stronghold of secularism and stability in the region, and coexistence, uh, let's say, it will have domino effect that affect the world from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And you know the, the, the implication of the rest, on the rest of the world. I don't think uh, the, the West is going in that uh, regard. So, that's kind of interesting. He's basically saying they're not going to do anything here because that will mess everything up. That's pretty uh, arrogant. Yeah, it's pretty arrogant. Do you think it's amusing? I mean, I find it to be slightly some sort of sense of humor. Whoever taught him English <laughs> taught him English with a lisp as a gag. <laughs> yeah. If only they'd slipped in celebrities. If only he I could. just think it's funny that you yeah. let's teach people English, but let's make sure they give, all have give, this give outrageous lisp. lisp. <laughs> give them a lisp. No, that's the way you pronounce the word. You, you, yeah, I can't even do the. I, no, I no, have you to can't, get into you can't do it. But I can't do it. it. Now, do you remember we we looked at the Red Square movement? Yeah, I do remember that. Now, what was uh, what was our take on that? This, these I don't the, remember anything about it. I just remember it. Okay, because I believe that the, I have to look it up in the Red Book. I think it's in the book. Right. I think the the Red Square movement. These are the students in Quebec who started the protests against the the government, and who would be, and were quite successful. I think at, uh, at you know making right. A they mess actually of influenced the elections in Canada. Right. So now they have a new. Um, there's a new initiative, and here in the United States, and I didn't, I didn't realize it at first. I saw the video. I'm like, well, this is kind of interesting, but then I noticed that everyone was wearing a red square patch in the video. So then, you know, obviously now I figure out it's a it's a part of the red square movement. It is called the Rolling Jubilee. Are you familiar with the Rolling Jubilee? No, okay. I am not. Okay, so the Rolling Jubilee which I think you can find at uh, rollingjubilee.org, is a bailout of the people by the people. The video. 
The 99% is under attack. Since real wages haven't gone up since the 70s, we've had to use credit cards and debt to make ends meet. Meanwhile, Wall Street is making millions off these loans. They're getting rich by keeping the rest of us in debt and overworked. Wall Street has rigged the system against us. They committed fraud and still got bailed out. Walking away from their debts and leaving us to pick up the tab. They buy off our government, manipulate the interest rates, cook the books, and fake the paperwork. Also, they can profit from our monthly payments. The debts we have are not legitimate. We shouldn't be forced into debt to cover basic needs like health care, housing, and education. We need a jubilee, a clean slate, a cancellation of debts for the 99%. Here's how we're going to do it. In America, banks sell debt on this shadowy market full of debt buyers. <gasps> debt collectors then turn around and try to extort the full amount from us. That's where the rolling jubilee comes in. It raises money to buy the debt. But instead of collecting on the debts we buy, we're going to abolish it. Poof. Shazam. So it's probably, it's probably the most boring video ever produced. And the music is like some stock crap they got in the... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it, definitely some socialist. It's so bad. Yes, yeah, terrible. Yeah. Why is it that when people have a kind of a groovy... When socialists have kind of a groovy idea, why does their production always suck? And is that something you learn in commie camp? Because the idea is... I, uh, now that you mention it, mm-hmm. I, I've yet, I don't see slick... Uh, you're right. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. It's the only way you can describe it. Yeah. It, it's a, it has a lot to do with the groupthink mentality and, oh, you know, we can't do that because it might offend somebody. Oh, I don't like that kind of music or, oh, I don't like these jump cuts. It might confuse someone. <laughs> that's, and, that's the whole point. That's how, that's how we do it in media. We jump cut to confuse you and shove some information in there. You've got to fight fire with fire. So anyway, the Jubilee begins November 15th with the People's Bailout, a variety show and telethon in New York City. Uh, which, you know, just based upon what I'm hearing here, is going to suck. <laughs> it's going to, it, let's see. It's going to it's gonna be like Lollapalooza or something. Well, listen, with the, no, oh, oh, Lollapalooza. Oh, no, the, oh, no, the lesbian version. Well, yes, because who's on this? Janine Garofalo. You nailed oh, it. Oh, hey, yeah, nailed yeah. it. Yeah, you nailed it. Liz Winstead. I don't know who she is. Max Silvestri. No idea. Let me see if there's another... Another, the Yes Men. Okay, those guys are pretty funny. Uh, Jeff Magnum of Neutral Milk Hotel. This is going to suck. You need a, like someone good in here. Members of the healthcare, of healthcare for the 99%, Occupy Faith, and many more. See, they get a good idea because we've talked about the Jubilee, you know, a debt Jubilee. And I, and I kind of like the idea of, um, of collecting money to then, you know, bail out the people. The idea is okay, leveraging 10 to 1. But, you know, Max Silvestri, really? Who is the, who are these people? Janine Garofalo? This is not how you get a movement going, people. That's too bad. They do have a good idea, which I think we should... <laughs> Janine Garofalo. Yeah, now you nailed it on that. <laughs> the angry white woman. So here's a great idea. They have this thing called <laughs> do- Donate Your Account... And uh, they're doing it all wrong. So the idea is, you know, you know, tweet for us. I just had a great idea. What if someone made a little, a little Twitter app, you know, like a thing that you you give Twitter permission to use, and then just like our bat signal, 
you know, when we send one tweet, we could send it through, you know, thousands of people's accounts. Like a multiplier. Yeah, that would that'd be a good way to propagate the formula. That's an idea, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, a lot, lot, lots of people have a thousand or two thousand, uh, yeah, a thousand or two thousand followers. So if we get a thousand uh, of people, a thousand people or a thousand followers, if my if my numbers, my math is correct, that's, yeah, a, million, a, that's million. a million, right? Yeah. That could be real. That, and we wouldn't, you know, we'd have to be careful not to abuse it, but it could be really cool, I think. So it's, we just need someone to create that little app. I think it's possible. Well, it's like I've been telling people to please repost the, the show on their blog. Yeah, how's that working out? Not. I don't know anyone that's done it. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't work out at all. Uh, all right, then I'll, I'll wrap up my end with uh, some Agenda 2021 stuff. We got a note about the weather satellites from our producer, Vaginelle. Not his real name, apparently. Quick note about the story that weather satellites are dying. I don't have first-hand knowledge, but my first cousin does, and he's been talking about this for years. He designs models to predict hurricanes for NOAA and is one of the smarter people you'll ever meet. He also thinks anthropomorphic anthropomorphic climate change is BS for what it's worth. Apparently, there are a couple of key specialized satellites that measure temperatures at the surface if memory serves, that are important input into the models. They are on their last legs and would leave us blind modeling-wise if they die. And then I'm thinking, well, of course. So this, so I questioned the idea that weather satellites were uh, going away. These aren't just any weather satellites. These are the weather satellites that are part of the scam. So if, you know, if we're going to have to prove somehow that, you know, Surface temperatures right, are going we want to get up. Get rid of anything we, that disproves the bullshit. Yeah, we want to get rid of that stuff. So, of course, that makes total sense. Now I'm on board. Now I believe it. But the but the thing that's really happening is everyone is now talking about Superstorm Hurricane Sandy as proof, fact. I mean, science, science. that global warming, climate change is taking place, and we are crazy to ignore it. Top of the list here, putting it in our faces, is Democracy Now! Were you disappointed, Jeff, Ma Jeff Masters, that in the three presidential debates that tens of millions of people were watching, the issue of climate change did not arise? Yeah, absolutely. Climate change has become the new Voldemort of our times, that which cannot be named. And it's ridiculous that we can't talk about a subject that's directly influencing our lives now and will continue to do so even more strongly in the future. I see Superstorm Sandy here as kind of a wake-up call coming the week before the election. This is uh, the new meme, uh, John. Uh, it's back. Wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. Superstorm Sandy. Superstorm Sandy. A wake-up call. Hey, America. Hey, politicians. Hey, America. Pay attention to this. We're experiencing an unusual number of very rare meteorological events. Rare meteorological events? And they're probably not all due to just random variations in the weather. We do expect... <laughs> because, uh, you know, weather is now climate, apparently. Extreme events of this nature to increase in the future. And we should be paying attention to the fact that we've had a very large number of these billion-dollar sorts of disasters in recent years. This is bullcrap. We have not had a large number of these disasters in recent years. Can you name them? Two. Which one? Katrina. 
Well, no, we which had... was what four or five years ago in this thing. And then there's always Irene, the normal tornadoes in Tornado Alley, but that's not anything. But like, this is not like a large. This. this is this happens every year. It's not a large number of events. And Katrina was not because of a hurricane. It's because of shoddy infrastructure. It was the yeah, levees. Through the dikes. Yeah, those damn dikes. I'm wondering, Greg Jones, as a climate scientist here at the Southern uh, Oregon. Hey, can you stop for a second? Stop, stop. If I, you watch Democracy Now! enough to know the way she does her thing, I'm going to start doing this on our show. You know, Adam Curry, I'm going to start ta- talking about something, and then Adam Curry... Oh, yeah. I'm going to stop talking about it, Adam yes, Curry. Yes, John C. Devore. I think, but I, but I think you you need to give me a title because she does specifically. She doesn't just say his name; she gives his title. Hold on, let's listen to how she does that. I think it's a good idea. Had a very large number of these billion-dollar sorts of disasters in recent years. All right, let's hear how she does it now. Hold on. I'm wondering, Greg Jones, as a climate scientist here at the Southern uh, Oregon University. <laughs> I'm wondering. You, a, you do that already. John, John C. Dvorak, a constitutional scholar here at the best podcast in the universe. I think it works. What are you gonna, how are you going to address me from now on, John C. Dvorak, uh, uh, expert? Well, Adam Curry, a well-known crackpot. No, uh, that doesn't sound nice. Okay. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Okay, Adam Curry, well-known and fantastic government analyst. Legislation analyst. Legislation analyst. Yes. Uh, What do you think about that? Well, uh, John C. Dvorak, a specialist in the fine arts of wine tasting. I think that uh, if we're going to believe in the science of anthropogenic uh, global warming, in the interregnum, we should then also be evaluating the science of nuclear energy as a possible solution. Well, Adam Curry, tall, blonde person who once lived in Holland, <laughs> I can see why you'd like that. But then again, there's wind power. Being from Holland, you'd know that. Well, uh, John C. Dvorak, uh, he who I once said that there's no evidence that the mouse would actually uh, be used by people. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that was a low blow. City in Ashland. If you find the same kind of um, silence around the issue of climate change. Sure. You know, right now it's it's really sad to see all of our political entities not approaching this in some way, shape, or form. It's not an electable issue. Not until the public sees it to be important enough to uh, demand something more from both parties. Uh, it's really unfortunate. I see it in my students as well. There's some apathy uh, relative to both the weather and climate until oh. the, the types of damage that a hurricane like this system can, can bring. You know, I don't think that people wake up enough and, and see those wake kind up. of issues as being directly tied to what we do in the fossil fuel industry and, and in terms of uh, uh, changing the climate, changing the surface of the earth and the oceans. Um, those are all very problematic issues, and the parties just aren't there with it. So uh, I would like to address um, the uh, No Agenda chat room uh, Nazis. Uh, please kick wing load out. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, can I? Uh, why are these douchebags even talking about this when we have the NDAA, which was never discussed in the debates, and which the people at the at the Democracy Now show should be ex- extremely upset about? Because they just they just saw a drone go into Indianapolis. They're too smart. They don't. What was that? Is that is that the train? That's like a real train. Wow! 
<laughs> Did they change something? I've never heard the train like that before. Are you in a uh, different no, house? It just looked like a regular train, but it had a nice horn. Oh. Oh. Um, no, of course, the NDA was not discussed. Uh, you know, we are being kept in total idiocy. And and it is and and I will say it is exactly the same retarded state that we are kept that also denies us the real information about nuclear power, the definition of sustainable energy. Well, the French know how to do that. So I think we're off this topic. So I do have an end of show clip if you want to play it. I'd love to play it. Well, let me explain well, it first. Can I? Can I? You said we're off the topic, but I was kind oh, of. We are. We're I was, still, I was, you're still on the topic. I was kind of leading up to two last things on the on on Agenda Twenty One. The first is the, oh, right, 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 right. right. Agenda Twenty One. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I printed that thing out. Yeah, we know that it, it filled up a room. <laughs> so according to Bloomberg, Bloomberg. So I'd I'd call that a reasonably reliable source. Uh, President Obama is now considering introducing a tax on carbon emissions uh, to help, of course, with our budget deficit. And uh, as we as we calculated, as we played here with this hasn't been reported. Really? Oh, well, not I mean, Bloomberg reported, but I don't remember seeing this anywhere. Yeah. Uh, So uh, uh, douchebag Lagarde, remember, she came out and she said, we have our guideline for twenty three dollars per metric ton of carbon dioxide. That is exactly that that is exactly the number that uh, Bloomberg is now quoting twenty three dollars per metric ton. And that would be never get past Congress. No. Well, we'll see. Um and as a part of the Agenda 21 initiative, for you, for your um, your your electric vehicle giblet that you're going to be doing, um, 300 karma Fisker Karmas that were in Port Newark in New Jersey um, were destroyed by Superstorm Sandy. 17 of which just exploded into flames. <laughs> because of the salt water short they got wet yeah they yeah, they short them out this does not seem like a good thing <laughs> so are you going to drive one of these for your for your the fisker yeah, yeah. i'm going to try to get a hold of one you know you know i can get you one real easy <laughs> what from jersey <laughs> no, used no yeah you know who uh, who did that deal with uh, the the half of the half of the 500 billion dollar deal I'm sorry, $500 million deal is uh, Ray Lane. He did the deal with the Oh, well, I, yeah. Yeah. I can get you a Fisker. Okay. Lo- but you have to promise that you're right really nice about it. I don't do that kind of thing. Oh, I just, well, I'll just tell you, you my experiences. Yeah, it looks like a pretty you, car. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's you. fine. I'm not going to put my relationship on the line. No way. Screw you. Well, then screw yeah, you. Yeah, screw right. you. Tell me about your end of show clip. All right, so I got an end of show clip, which is a piece of pandering, some of the worst reporting I've ever seen about, the, oh, how, you know, some woman uh, played the, some sort of scam uh, with the lottery, the California lottery, and won a million dollars. And the report, you have to listen to the report closely. She either found the ticket in the garbage, that's one part of the report. <laughs> yeah. Or or the ticket was put aside by her friend at the store, and they're all used tickets, and you can play a called Second Chance or something like that. Or the ticket was given to her by the guy who who lost originally and who wished her well. It is just a fawning, 
horrible, poorly produced, inaccurately reported, all oh, feel good story about some woman. And it's just all it's designed to do three and a, three and a half minutes worth to get people to go spend crazy money on these stupid lottery tickets, which have a 50 percent payout. So instead of that, please support your podcast, the best one in the universe, No Agenda, and we will bring you more great news analysis and infotainment, more than you can shake a stick at, coming up on Thursday right here on the No Agenda podcast. Here in Austin, Texas, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We are beginning tonight in Pacific Grove with an unlikely millionaire. Uh, in fact, the woman you're about to meet was down on her luck, unemployed, struggling to make ends meet, until she found a lottery ticket in the trash while her fortunes changed in a big hurry. Action News reporter Brittany Nielsen joins us live now with her story. Well, Erin, this was a team effort by two Pacific Grove women. And the big winner, Carolyn, has been entering a thousand numbers a month on this program with these second chance scratchers. It's obviously paid off. <laughs> I can't stop laughing about it. <laughs> Yay! One million dollars. I really, really needed it. Last Friday on her birthday, Carolyn Kennedy became a millionaire when she logged in to check her second chance scratcher numbers. Congratulations, you won. Um, it said a number, but it didn't have any zero commas in it. And my eyesight's not that good. So I was trying to count the zeros and it was really hard. She rushed to tell her favorite clerk, Francis, what happened. And so I thought something was happening to my favorite girl. And then I realized that, oh, it's Caroline. I go, what? What happened? What happened? And she's like going, I want a million. The win is in part thanks to Frances. She saves the non-winning scratchers customers throw away. Then Carolyn enters them online for another chance to win. Carolyn's been playing this for several years. I put lots of time and effort into this that was like I felt like was stupid wasted time, but I wasn't working and I felt like I could should be at least doing, at least doing something that could possibly help me in my future. Carolyn says out of all the people who could have won off of one of these tickets, no one needed it more. I've been unemployed for three years and I've been living on social services and I have food stamps. I have two kids. I'm a single mom. I get no child support. Now she's planning to buy a car and braces for her kids. If I'm really careful, I can get my kids through college and that's my that's what I want to do. I want to pay back my mom. She's helped me out a lot through my really hard times. And she thought of her friend Frances, who's had hard times of her own. She's giving her 10000 bucks. I have two grown children that supported me through all my hardship. And I'm going to give to them. I'm going to be really cautious and make sure that I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm not blowing it. This is changing my life forever. Well, Carolyn believes she knows who it was uh, that gave her this ticket, this ticket that she won on. And he told her, I hope you can win on it if I can't. And she says she's going to pay him back in kind and buy him a roll of $10 tickets. Aaron. That's such a nice story, Brittany. I mean, it's such a feel-good story. Oh, they and were bringing me to tears. They were so grateful and thankful. And it was just so nice to see them so appreciative and really need 
need this money and put it to good use. Really hopefully. need the money and share it with other people who need the money. And I love it. Braces and college. That's I right. loved it. I loved it. All right. Uh, thank you, Brittany. Uh, Carolyn has won on two other lottery tickets in the past years for a total of $25,000. She says she's just lucky. The best podcast in the universe. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. Nine, 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 nine.